Hi, you're welcome to The Big Issue, uh, coming to you live from our studios here at City uh, TV and then City FM. Uh, the week has been particularly interesting. This week, uh, the individual bondholders have been up in arms against government, and indeed, it's been so since government announced that government was going to exempt pension funds, but this time bring in individual bondholders. Remember, government is undertaking a debt operation. We call it a debt exchange program, where government is inviting bondholders to exchange their old bonds for new ones with varying maturity dates and varying coupon rates, starting from zero percent this year, 2023. Initially, there were about four or so of those old bonds, new bonds, now upgraded to 12. We'll get an understanding of what that means. But the individual bondholders, they appear quite obdurate, hard-nosed, they do not want to budge. What is government's plan for them? Government says that it is important everybody burden shares so we can get out of this, this economic quagmire. The bond, individual bondholders say government should look at other options rather than touching their investments. Is this a tenable position to hold given the difficult economic situation we find ourselves in? That is on the table. We'll look at what the pension individual bondholders are saying, what the individual bondholders who have constituted themselves into groups are saying. What is government himself saying? Indeed, just yesterday, uh, a section of the individual bondholders petitioned the finance minister copied parliament, uh, the president himself and the vice and a few influential persons. What can government do to move the discussion forward? Indeed, we must secure an IMF deal before the end of this quarter. Analysts have said else the economy uh, or the already crashing economy uh, will have nowhere to go and will all suffer for it. What must we be doing? That is the discussion on the table today. Also, the Ghana Education Service has been in the news. Eight students from the China senior high school were dismissed because they were seen uh, in a video uh, passing disparaging comments about the president, for which reason they were just dismissed. Others have come to say that the dismissal was not proportionate to the offense and other punishments could be looked at. The uproar caused the president to uh, intervene to say that the Ghana Education Service or the Ministry of Education should lead the Ghana Education Service to uh, give alternative punishments to the kids rather than dismissing them. The question is, was the dismissal really in federance of the welfare principle where uh, the welfare of the child should be uh, the utmost priority in any endeavor uh, regarding the child? Was the president's intervention really necessary? Shouldn't the GES itself have known, have known shouldn't they have known that dismissing the charges for insulting somebody, no matter who, was harsh? Or was it even harsh at all? There are people who think that it was harsh. Others think it wasn't um, harsh. But we'll look at all of that today in our discussion. Um, I'll go for a quick break, return, introduce my guest, and then we'll get a discussion underway. My name is Salom Adunu. Um, once again, welcome to The Big Issue. Welcome to Incisive Analysis, and welcome to Riveting Conversation on City.
You're welcome back to The Big Issue. My name is Selon Adunu. We are this morning looking at the issue of the domestic uh, debt exchange. Uh, government is undertaking a debt operation. Government has exempted pension funds after uh, the trade unions or the TUC uh, threatened uh, massive nationwide industrial action. Uh, government, before the Christmas, exempted pension funds from it and then now included individual bondholders who were initially um, exempted. Individual bondholders are not happy. They've been grouping and petitioning various institutions. We look at what government can do for them, um, even though we all know that we have to undertake the restructuring and we have to work hard to secure the IMF uh, program. Uh, to help me do the discussion on this segment of the program uh, will be Dr. Tia Abdul Kabiru Mahama, who is a technical advisor, Office of the Vice President. We have Senyo Hosi, who is convener of the Ghana Individual Bondholders Forum. Uh, Dr. Edu Anani Enchi, Convener, Pensions Bondholders Forum, Franklin Kujo, President Imani Africa, and Martin Pebu, who is a private legal practitioner. Gentlemen, you're welcome to the program. Thank you. All right. So, I mean, it, it's been quite an interesting week, really. Uh, domestic bondholders now constituting themselves into groups and also seeking to push government through advocacy to exempt them from uh, the domestic debt exchange program. Government is seeking to uh, restructure its debt to bring it to sustainable levels, around 50-56% to qualify them for the IMF program. Senor, you are uh, a convener or you are convener for the Ghana Individual Bondholders Association or Forum. What really are your concerns for someone who hasn't heard you speak on the matter, hadn't heard anything about the individual bondholders' concerns? What really are your concerns? Can you lay out your concerns to us once again? The domestic debt exchange is actually the primary thing on the table. As a forum, our objective is to provide legal, public policy advocacy, um, as well as representation, um, negotiation representation for individual bondholders, both direct and indirect. With the direct ones, you're looking at those who have holdings directly on the central securities depository. So you have it directly in your account. And you also have a lot more people who um, are indirect bondholders because they have their investments via the um, collective investment schemes. So the likes of Data Bank M Fund, Tesla Capital, Triple T, um, Fidelity Flip, you have uh, the Stan, Stanley Ball, Stanbeck, which it depends on whichever name you have. Um, you have the EcoBank EDC funds. So those ones, we call them the indirect. Individual bond bondholders because they are exposed directly in there, but via another vehicle, um, and also those who are also holding individual Ghanaians who are also holding euro bonds. So this is the ambit of our represent representation. Uh, when government started its DDE, um, it's been engaging everybody and trying to negotiate. One group that was never engaged was the individuals. I can understand a bit that there was nothing like an IBF or an IBAG or the pensions um, um, forum as, as well. But there were still mechanisms for engaging as a country where we could actually have public engagements, actually involve your parliamentarians, have town hall meetings. None of that happened for us to really think of it happening. And I think that was for good reason because government realized that touching individual bondholders was not a prudent thing to do. It has a very catastrophic far-reaching implication and took the right decision to 
take out individual bondholders. 24th December, you give us one of the worst Christmases that we could <laughs> ever wish for. And I think it was very mean, unfortunately, on the part of government to give us that kind of announcement and also even in the timing. And now you just involve individual bondholders. You know, at the end of the year, you practically have two, two weeks gone as a country. Everything is really now functioning. All right? You're just holding the pieces together. So what real time do we have? Practically just about a week in this entire space to even try to find a way to engage. And still, no intervention to really engage. So that was one of the first fundamental problems. That was very disrespectful, not, 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 not one that you find um, as, as, as an act of good faith from policy operatives. I think that everybody agrees that in this country, including the president, that you don't go and want to really do a thing like this without engaging parties. It is at variance with the directive principles of public policy in our constitution. Now you go into the substance of the matter. The Ministry of Finance is saying, I need 80% of 138 billion. That's what the Minister of Finance is saying. 80% of 138 billion to participate in this program for us to really get our goals achieved. That's fine. 80% is 110 billion. If we take the 15.5 billion that these individual bondholders carry, that's 15.5 billion. Take it out of the 38, uh, 138 billion. You're looking at some 122.5, there are about billion of debt that you can negotiate your, your 110 billion from. So why do you really want to involve us? Now, the question, should we be treated any different? We can speak for ourselves. We can speak for the implications for our subsector or a subcategory of investors. Individual bond holdings hit direct homes and very instantly. It hits pensions over time. It hits the pension funds, but you feel it over time. It hits individual bondholders and it hits you directly. And you're dealing with 1.3 million homes, livelihoods, and its dependents. Yes, the parliament, the leadership, actually in their submissions, one of them raised the issue possibly with a multiplier of five. So 1.3 times five. So you're looking at 6.5 million people. You don't just take policies, policy interventions and directives negatively so, so, so uncooperatively. One, you don't need this money to solve this problem. Two, people really depend on this to really define their livelihoods. You have come up with taxes. We have agreed as individuals and Ghanaians. Nobody has gone on a looter saying there won't be any taxes. That alone has hit our income. Government is practically behaving as if Ghanaians are not entitled to an income. They are not entitled to a savings. That tax is hitting your pocket. A lot of people are losing, have lost their jobs. There are no jobs. Graduates are coming out. We are not depending on those who are earning income to share part of their income to sustain everybody. Their one, again, is also social haircut or family haircut. So at any day, what do you really have in these difficult times? You have built savings. You have been saving a thousand cities over the years, hoping that you get to do your master's. You care to sustain yourself and pay some school fees for your children. In this difficult time that you may take some part to really sustain yourself. Now, government outside of 
cutting your income, including facilitating inflation, is now putting his hand in your savings. I mean, I don't know how insensitive we can be. And at the same time, government is wanting to live large. It wants to live large as if it has all the money in the world. Run all social projects it doesn't have money for. Keep a big size of government that it hasn't got money for. Increase SOEs from 86 to 177. Increase compensation by 308%. And today, you saw it, we're having increasing it even further without reducing the size of government. And when I'm talking the size of government, I'm not talking the size of just uh, what ministers. What is the public sector workforce and what is the productivity in there? Why are you bringing your hands into the pocket of the productive people and rather making total no sense of hard work? It is not a sustainable uh, what name, uh, position. And this will be resisted at every single front. Too much has gone on. Too much waste has been seen. All right? People have said it. So if you really want to fix this problem, one, speak with the people. Two, you should lead by example in material and real terms. In leading by example, government says, um, government put out some measures in, in the 2023 budget. What measures? And, and I hope government, the V8, for example. What, what V8? The V8 the, is bought. The, the V8 30, is moving. Yes. Th New no, ones but, but have been saves, bought. It saves us fuel. 30, it saves 30 who percent. Fuel? It saves the nation. Who is measuring that fuel? No, 30 no, percent. No, tell me who measures no, that fuel. So, so, so Dr. Kabir will deal with that. 30 no, please, percent. No, but they don't have data. No, 30 percent. They yes, don't. No problem. 30 percent of their salaries are being taken back. What salaries? No, they're, they're tell salaries me which of MP. Tell and, me which MP, which minister, the staffers, and their lifestyle is dependent on their salary. And even the ministers. I say, tell me. Yes. And I'll tell you what's happening. Mm. You see, go look for the SOEs. Every day they are traveling. But, but, but there's, some, there's, some, there's some ban on those travels, Go and except look at essential the expenditure. travels. Look at the budget today. Mm. Look at the report for, for, for last year and see how our expenditure has grown. So, so then you come about, and tell me, does that look like a government that has, has been cutting so, expenditure? So, so talking about large government Don't come size. and play politics and mm -hmm. look, these are real lives. Mm -hmm. The matter is a real matter. Mm -hmm. So nobody come and give grammar here. Mm -hmm. We don't have tolerance for it. Mm. We don't. <laughs> yes, but, but we, we need to engage. When you are flying, the, the, when you are flying the, 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 the president was flying in the jet. When he was flying the jet, at that time, didn't they see this coming? When Adongo and Co were shouting and talking about our debt levels, what were we hearing from government? We trusted them. How can it be a crime to trust your government? When you lend to private sector, you return more than when you lend to, lend to government. But because of the risk, because of the trust you have in government. You put your life savings into it. I wake up every morning to thousands of messages. And these are real lives. Thousands Somebody has saved me from, from individuals. Today, we have hit 27,621 or so members online. Hmm. I get messages. And you, you are the media people giving my numbers out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but your yeah, numbers, are, your, numbers. Your numbers get, are your press releases. No, my, my phone number is not there. <laughs> but they, everybody finds my phone number. And I get a message thousands every morning. I've been up at 3 a.m. trying to respond to everybody. And everybody and their story. Mm -hmm. Somebody can't tell his wife. He's a 35-year-old man trying to get, to get a master so that he can get a promotion at, at, at work. He's been saving with EDC. He's been saving with EDC. But today he can't get his money. And his child is supposed to go to school now. He's supposed to do his master's now. You wake up one morning, one fiat, and render the guy useless, as if it is, he's a statistic. 
And that's what I want government and the Ministry of Finance people to know. The things you are seeing on your spreadsheet, that you model, when we, when we add individuals, what happens? That's what we do. Sensitivity analysis, that's what we do. I beg you, it doesn't work here. <laughs> they are not numbers. Very well. They are human beings. Very well. He sitting here is a human being. You, you're a human being. He is a human being. I am a human being. But on that spreadsheet, we are numbers. <laughs> Very well. Uh, Dr. Eduana Nenchi, I mean, you, you have been at SEC. You, you, you have been at this for, for a long time, former Director General of SEC. And now you are convener for the Pensioners Bondholders Forum. The, how different are the concerns of the Pensioners Bondholders Forum from what Senor Hosi has just uh, detailed out to us? He comes from the Individual Bondholders Forum. Uh, you are with the Pensioners Bondholders Forum. You know, your, your membership purely are pensioners, is that correct? Yes. And how different are their needs or concerns from what you have just stated? Well, let, let, let me say that uh, when this matter came out, initially, bondholders, uh, individuals were exempted. But later on, when it came out uh, that individuals were to be included and pension funds has been exempted, that was where I started my uh, uh, forming the the, plat the, the, the forum. Uh, and, and I wanted to come from the, uh, the point that government really appreciated that uh, it doesn't want to impair the incomes of would-be pensioners, mm -hmm. people who will go on pensions, the money that is being reserved for them, it doesn't want to impair it so that they don't go on pension and suffer, become a burden on society, on friends, family, and even come out to be begging on the street. Mm. We want to avoid that situation. And so government has exempted the pension funds. Then I said, why would government accept, uh, uh, exempt the pension funds to ensure that people who come on pensions are not uh, burdened and not exempt the individuals who are already on pension and have taken their money and are investing in your boss. So I thought of this, I said, this doesn't make sense to me. So I started, I put my, uh, my, my WhatsApp platform. I was at that time in the UK, so I put a platform on the WhatsApp that anybody who is above 30, above 60, and holding bonds should contact me for an important uh, message. That's what I had on the 2nd or so. Then when I got, then went out, people started uh, contacting me. So I said, if you got contact me, then I tell you this is what I want to do. I want to make a petition to government that if it has exempted pension funds, thinking about the future of pensioners, then the same thinking should be also be made for people who are already on pension and are using this investment as a sole source, sole source of income for their livelihood. So this is what I want to do. And as soon as I, get, I got the numbers, I sent in the petition. Uh, I wrote a petition. We were supposed to submit it on Monday. Monday was a holiday. I also had to cut uh, my, my visits short. I arranged to come over, and I got here on the 3rd. They uh, submitted a petition on the 3rd. So on the 4th, uh, that on, the, on, the, on the 10th. So on the 11th, we had that co uh, press conference to let the world know and 
also to assure other pensioners who, since this announcement, have been not sleepless night mm. because we are thinking of this is the source of income I get every day to buy my drugs, to pay for everything, especially the drugs. And we know when you are aging, the number of diseases and sickness that visit you, mm -hmm. I always say it's like God has sent you, giving you an import license. To that import license diseases. is to import only diseases, whether you like or It's free import license. You don't pay anything. Mm -hmm. You get it. And if such people are to be deprived of their hard-earned investment, who is going to take care of them? Mm. And these days, you know the lifestyles of our young ones. They themselves, they are unable to even take care of their own lifestyle, let alone look at uh, the, the old age uh, guys. So that is why I started from that angle. And when people call me, I say, look, I'm dealing with the pensioners. So if other people also start something for the rest, I don't have a problem, but I'm dealing with pensioners. So uh, when, they, when I came back and I realized that some other groups have also started, I said, well, it all boils down to the same thing, so let's uh, move along. But me, mine was that I want the pensioners who do not have any other source of income elsewhere in the world. Pensioners are catered for by government uh, social programs, so they are okay. Everybody wants to go on pension. Here, people fear going on pension because when you are going on pension, especially people who are using government facilities while they are in the office. If you are using a car, you are using petrol, electricity, they pay for you. As soon as you are on pension, mm -hmm. all these things is your own business. And this is the money you have reserved. You could have used the money to lead a lifestyle which was a happier one, but you decided to conserve your, your, your resources put it in an investment, and we have also advised people that as you are aging, don't go near any investment which is a little riskier. Be safe, go to government bonds, free, then you are okay. So you know you won't get much, but at least you will get uh, the little, little money you need to sustain yourself. So that is what motivated me to start this whole process that has now become. How, how, many, how many are your members? How many as at the, as at yesterday, evening we have about 350 mm -hmm. those who have been able to come to the platform but that forum is not for only people i have gotten exactly. mm -hmm. it is representing it's a mafia for pensioners all over the country mm -hmm. who have investment but i can't reach everybody, everybody in ghana mm -hmm. my village there are pensioners there mm -hmm. some of them don't even hold <laughs> they don't even hold full <laughs> they don't even hold full mm -hmm. so you can't read them but at least once you get this class together then they can represent the whole pensioners in Ghana who are holding government bonds. I see. So, so since you submitted a petition to the finance minister, you know, have you had any correspondence with that office ever since? No, we haven't. We haven't received any correspondence, uh, both from the, either from the uh, minister's place or the president, because we copied the president. We, I, I, as I said, look, these this, this are executive decisions. Mm. It's the president acting through the minister who brought this. So if I'm petitioning, I'll petition these two people. So we send letters to them. We haven't received any, uh, any response. Yesterday, we did a cover letter. Undercover, we have sent a copy of the petition. Uh, yesterday, I think it was delivered to the speaker and the Council of State. So by yesterday, you mean what the uh, individual, the Ghana 
uh, individual bondholders forum did. You know, so you, you join them to no, 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 no. Or this was this is different. No, no. Ours, we the, the the petition has been sent already. already yes. But we 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 I put, a cover letter. Cover letter to this key. Uh, the one is going to the House of Chiefs. Uh, that's conference of uh, Catholic Bishop Conference, uh, charismatic, and, and we have said that they are key in governance. Mm. And this is the problem, this is a petition we have submitted to uh, the, the president, the minister copied the president. So they should also uh, intervene and, 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 and support our cause. So ours was, uh, that's what we, we have done. We haven't finished uh, sending all the letters. I think they could. So you are still in the process of sending yes, the letters. Yes. All right. So I'll come to Dr. Mahama, but let, let me go to Franklin. Franklin, very difficult times for government, really, and and government's quest to secure an IMF program. Uh, what do you make of um, what the the pro the problem has been so far? Government, I mean, is unable to uh, meet or to. Uh, to engage with the individual bondholders they've been trying but that is not happening perhaps government is in a difficult place exempt the bondholders and you you fall short of what you want to do in your debt operation what should the approach really be well good morning um, look the, the this whole process unfortunately uh, has been bungled by the ministry and maybe the assigns of the government uh, that, are, that are involved in this whole enterprise. I think the question should have been, or the question should rather be, why don't you engage every legitimate bondholder, right? Before you even go ahead and establish deadlines. We've already moved some deadlines, I think moved the deadlines twice already. Why are you boxing yourself into Canada that obviously would impact significantly and negatively with the IMF, uh, uh, whatever we are getting, how we want to get from the IMF. So for me, I, I think the worry is that the, there seems not to be some uh, understanding of the gravity of the situation. And, and like Senor said, as if it's a statistical uh, conversation, not the case. People's livelihoods are definitely impacted or will be impacted, already impacted. If you look at the the, the losses already that have been registered by the singular uh, executive decision that has been taken. So for me, the question should be, now that there are clear difficulties in understanding what we essentially want to do and the challenges to the decision, why don't you step back and get and then, and then ask yourself, have I done extensive And what is worrying is that government set up its own committee of experts. And uh, from what we hear, I don't think the, the, the advice really has been, uh, has, been, has, been, has been taken into consideration at all. Because the people who consider that committee are seasoned persons who understand how these things work, or they may have also borrowed from other genes. And they understand that creditors ought to be met halfway. Um, even if you thought that you, the, 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 I mean, the economy is, such, is, such, is, is in such a precarious situation that you want to willy nilly go, as, I mean, you alone want to take a decision of uh, um, railroading everybody's interest, right? These aspects would, and I know that they definitely would have said, uh, look, 
needs to engage extensively. And so the jury is still out there as to what the, 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 the pieces of advice, whether they were taken into consideration. But from where we sit, we don't think that that, that has happened, which is the reason why the question about the individual bondholders has come to the fore right now. I mean, I, I, I just sat back and asked myself, if Senor and uh, uh, Dr. Uh, uh, and 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 Martin and who haven't started this conversation talking potential six million people whose livelihoods are just were just going to be um somehow um you know just checked off the list you know and 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 that's and that that should not happen really that should never happen i think the question should be that the government can do to salvage the IMF program, salvage the DBE program right now. Because as we speak, they haven't attained, I don't think they have achieved even 40% of their target yet. I don't think so. If you are looking to attain 80% of your target, and, 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 and we are arguing that even exclude us, um, that's a tall order, that's a tall order for you to actually meet. So, the government itself should, should sit back. And I know the people will say that if they decide to extend the time again, like it will look very, uh, look as if they are quite well, not, not really well prepared. Well, but that's what you need to do. If, 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 if you want to be successful, they should come out and tell us, in fact, on Monday, if they decide that they are shutting the door, that door itself, or that, that announcement must come with exactly what percentage of uh, of bondholders they, they've managed to rope in to this program. Please submit that I, I, we don't think they've gotten even more than what it has already significant failure staring, staring them in the field. So a lot has to be done. Uh, um, we shouldn't rush it because we want to meet an IMF group. Uh, precisely the reason why we are in this hope. We rush making You make very bad decisions as well. So, I mean, a, a lot of, almost everybody included in this has one problem or the other. We know that the insurers also want to meet government, uh, seeking to be excluded from this. You know, government has to speak to them, ask them to do a few things. But in the end, government says that an exemption is not an option. You know, almost everybody. So the pensioners had a problem, they went to government, I mean, the, the pension funds, they went to government, government considered a few things, given what the social implications of that would be, government decided to, to exempt them. Now, insurers also went. I understand government is trying to meet the, 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 the bankers' association. I'm sure they also have their own concerns. Individual bondholders have their concerns. Almost everybody, you know, being roped in has a concern. Can government keep exempting people? And what does that make the, the 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 program to become the program would then fail because almost everybody has their peculiar challenges that they, they want government to address addressing all of that could mean that the program would fail well Salam, nobody wants his or money being being touched by it with right i mean you had a contractual arrangement with the government to um to to, to invest in his bonds uh, for some special interest in the field. If it is the case that you are now impaired based on 
which we, of course we say that 70 to 80 percent of the decisions of government led to the hole we are currently in. And if you are now impaired, I mean, the least commonsensical thing to do is to engage these persons in a professional manner. I mean, if you haven't done an engagement, you should expect naturally that people would, would object. Right? So everybody <laughs> who is supposed to be eligible definitely object, which is why in other countries, predator committees were set up. Governments engaged extensively, even in Greece, which, which was uh, in a, more like a pariah when it comes to these, these examples uh, of countries that have done this type of thing. They found it necessary to engage to the extent that parliament had to be engaged as well, so that some of the laws regarding um, what the government wanted to do were sort of backed, but even then uh, decided that people who had uh, uh, should I say people who who were paid decided to take to the court, had to resort to the English court uh, in, in order to, to, to uh, I mean in order to be heard. So the point is that you needed to have engaged all these persons and you needed to have foreseen it anyway that no single member of any uh, any investment scheme going to say, okay, we agree, just take it like it's definitely not going to happen because they also have clients that they need to speak. So the question really is not about if everybody decides that we are not going to be part of the process, then the program fails. The question rather should be what should the government do in order to prevent the catastrophic failure that stares it in its first at it right now? So going back to basics definitely means going back to the drawing table. To the, to, the, to, the, to the drawing people and having those hard conversations. I can admit that yes, time is of essence and a lot of them have been wasted. But we shouldn't have a bad deal if 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 if, if, if we want to sacrifice the, uh, if we just leave because we thought that time would have been wasted. I think it's better to have a better deal that can save everybody's peace of have a, everybody will have his peace of mind. Other than uh, allow a mission worship that's lead you to a very bad outcome. I don't think that's what we want to do. And I think the point about burden sharing, you see, in other jurisdictions where this program had been done, the government did not disproportionately place the burden on, 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 on creditors, right? I mean, by <laughs> that 50 50 percentage uh, sharing arrangement, or somehow probably 60% government and 40% credit. Was the government itself superintended some of, the, some of the reasons why we are where we are currently? And if they are not seen to be uh, holding, I mean, also taking a significant cut to their own, uh, to most of the programs they superintend, then it's not being fair. And I don't think burden sharing should, should, should be called what it is the current government is actually uh, superintending on everybody. And so the conversation really. To cut both ways. Yes, some creditors will be willing to say that, okay, we will meet you maybe halfway. That is after conversation, I mean, negotiation. But we also need to see you taking some haircuts when it comes to um, the kinds of programs or the kinds of fiscal expansionary programs that you are running. And, and those who are containing things that have been sent to Parliament and the payments, really. Especially in Parliament, and I know uh, my good brother, Senor, 
overwhelmingly made the point uh, yesterday. Uh, parliament should not be sidestepped. Our parliament, of course, uh, may have overlooked uh, the fiscal expansionary nature of, of national budget and then somehow approved it. But they should never be taken to the powers. And they should never sit aloof and allow an executive branch to take decisions just by fiat and somehow condemn uh, their constituents to penalty. I don't think that is what good governance is all about. And I think that we, we, we are encouraging parliament to completely get into the nation and not sit alone. So what does the current difficulty we have on the uh, individual borderless front? Of course, we have a deadline of 16th January, which is just coming Monday. And indeed, uh, the deadline has been shifted twice already. Doesn't this have any implication on the quest of government to reach you know, a conclusive deal with the IMF by the end of the first quarter? Personally, it has. And, and those are the government's old timelines, by the way. I mean, if you knew that you were in a hurry, you had to, to check boxes to make sure that you don't get yourself into the kinds of uh, challenges you have in right. It's, it's not a question of it affecting the entire program. I think it's a question of doing what ought to be done properly first and doing it properly. Didn't the government engage persons they believe stop the process? Look, if the government decides that, well, after assisting uh, to help with anybody who does not sign, we revert to the original position. And I think our lawyers have been quite well uh, advising that that is exactly the position there is. And unilaterally bury people's, uh, uh, should I say, uh, I mean, contract they have with you. It has to be done on a very, I mean, we have to negotiate. Right. So if you don't do that and you think that after you're in a hurry and after assisting uh, people who do not take part, who do not voluntarily, voluntarily take part in this deal. Uh, All right. So, so uh, Fr Franklin Kujo, I think we've lost um, Franklin Kujo uh, on, on the line there. Uh, we are discussing the, uh, the, the debt exchange program. Uh, that government is seeking to implement. Government has said that it's undertaking a debt operation in order to bring governments uh, or the country's debt to sustainable levels. Our debt to GDP ratio tops um, 100%, and government is seeking to bring that to around 50%. That is deemed sustainable in order to secure deal conclusively with the IMF. Uh, that is uh, proving to be a bit challenging given that various persons, you know, natural and legal, in that sphere have been uh, up in arms against government in respect of how their investments will be touched. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, we'll hear from government, we'll hear from a representative of government who is a technical advisor in the office of the vice president to tell us what is the thinking of government in all of this, and then we'll continue the discussion. Once again, this is the big issue. We'll be right back. You're welcome back to The Big Issue, uh, coming to you live from our studios here in, uh, at City TV and City FM. Uh, today we are looking at the debt exchange program, the issues that individual bondholders have had with that particular operation. Individual bondholders want to be exempted, but what does that mean really for the program? Uh, does that 
uh, derail the program in any way. Uh, what is government's position on this? Is government able to exempt the individual bondholders and still go ahead with this program? Mind you, the pension funds have been exempted. Uh, pensioners who have invested their pensions funds or their pensions money in bonds are also up in arms. They say that they want government to exempt them because they are pensioners, and that's what they use to buy medicines and do a few other things. Uh, their convener is also around the table, uh, the person of Dr. Edu Ananiemchi, who is a former director general of the Securities and Exchange Commission. Also, we have uh, Franklin Kujo, president of Imani Africa, uh, Senyo Hosi, who is convener of the Ghana Individual Bondholders Forum, Martin Pebu, private legal practitioner, and then Dr. Tia Abdul Kabiru Mahama, who is technical advice office of the vice president. Um, almost everybody, in exception of Martin, is taking his turn on, on the matter. Let me go to government now and, and see what government's thinking is. Uh, doc, doc, Dr. Mahama, this really uh, should be a difficult place for, for government. Government says it needs to conclude its discussions with the IMF. IMF says that we need you to bring down your debts to sustainable levels. Here, pension funds have been exempted. And then initially, you told us that bondholders, individual bondholders, were not going to be part. Now we have them being part of it. Already, that's a trust issue. But what is government's thinking around all of this? Bondholders are not happy. Government is even not meeting them. What is government's thinking? And what's really government doing? Right. Thank you very much, uh, Selom. And then let me say good morning to my senior colleagues and then, uh, our father, mm -hmm. a, a passionier. That's it. I, I think that it's quite a, a, an emotive issue because uh, government needed to bring back the economy back to track after some period of, we are still in the crisis, after some period of uh, turbulence. This decision to bring back, or this effort to bring back the economy back to life resulted in a decision to engage the IMF. We are all, it's tried knowledge now, it's common knowledge to all of us that this was what, the decision that pushed us uh, uh, to go to the IMF. The IMF program required that, as you mentioned, we bring back our debt from uh, high risk of debt distress or risk of default to more sustainable levels. Consequently, our debt to GDP, I mean, of around 105, needed to be brought back to 55% within a period of time, four to five years. Now, we do know that that is quite a very steep ax. In order to qualify for a program, if you are asked to almost more than half within the speed of uh, four, three years, it's a, quite, it's a very steep requirement for the fund. Then, External debts were the major avenue mm. that government was looking at to ensuring that we are able to cover as well as looking at government expenditure containment measures. But it was quite evident that we cannot be able to achieve a farm program if we focus only on the external debt. And also there's also a moral issue that I'm borrowing from outsiders and I'm borrowing from my, my own people. Then when the time, when it hits, you shift the burden only to the external people. So that government needed to look within itself. Of course, the foreign investors are also raising the issue that, look, as part of your burden, you spend about $25 billion to clean up the financial sector, which was supposed to ensure the health of your own domestic uh, 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 economy. So if there's a hit, it will not make sense. You don't look within the country. So government well aware of this, also needed to start. We started the domestic uh, uh, DDE. Now, the president prior to the engagement announced clearly that uh, we will not have treasury bill holders being part of the, 
of the of the of the fund. He also announced that individual bondholders are excluded, but pension funds were included. But we all know when that decision was made, TUC trade unions came out with an article in the pension fund that is suggesting that their money are regarded as individual contributions of members and to that extent should be treated on the same wavelength as individual or private bondholders. There was back and forth between government and this stakeholder and government listening to their concerns and the, the, the issues being raised decided to exempt them. But there was also an issue of the, the, the liquidity the limited liquidity of the old bonds if you are doing a debt exchange program. In other words, the tradability of the old bonds in the secondary market was raised as an equation in the course of the discussion. Mm. That, look, we will leave some people in a way, but if we leave you, the limited liquidity available for such a bond, holding the old bond, as compared to the new bond, makes it very difficult for you in terms of liquidity and in terms of trading it in the secondary market. These two concerns, push government to say that we are opening the gate for private or individual bondholders to also voluntarily subscribe to the program. Now, now government hasn't railroaded and private I mean, bondholders into the program. Government announcement was an indicative of the fact that government wanting to, let me call it, kajo. This private, uh, not, uh, not Leo, not Leo. Uh, cajole this private, uh, uh, I mean, individual bondholders, individual bondholders, to subscribe to to subscribe to their program. Now, the invitation to the private or individual bondholders has not come. In fact, government has even all these ones we are making. This noise is not necessary because let me say why it's not necessary. Government could have said that private bondholders, individual bondholders, you are not included. Just like my brother, Senor Hoshi, is arguing that we need 80% and that he's asking his members to be exempted. Uh, doctor is also asking his members to be exempted. Meanwhile, in his acts for their members to be exempted, he included their members because when their members are, that makes out 80%. Now, associates of bankers are also saying, Exempted. So it's quite obvious that government cannot have a farm program if all of us do not come to the table and have a discussion. Issues about engagement, government, I think personally, that is quite germane to the whole discussion. Mm. That if people feel they are not, they have not been adequately consulted, if stakeholders feel that we are not part of the and we are not, there's no sunshine on the whole operation, and that we need much information as to that kind of hole you want to fill and how much you can contribute to the whole. That discussion is a very good call, and I'm, I will sincerely say that everyone, government is willing to do that in regard. But we cannot have a farm program with this attitude of don't put us. Now, I'll, 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 just like I said, it will be playing insensitive to say that, look, these people didn't work for their money. It will be playing insensitive to say, that, to say that these people's money they are put into investment is no, money that you can just touch without reflecting on the impact it has on their household. None, I mean, the president, the, the final minister, would not even contemplate that. I don't even think that if that is the, within the contemplation, it's the right contemplation by the government. But the issue is that what is the alternative? Mm. The alternative is to say that, look, whatever you are going to do, do that to pay them. 
That is the alternative. Now, it is putting more stress on the economy. Even the individual bondholders, their dependence, cost of living is going to increase, and it's going to even erode the very interest they were trying to get. So these are the, the this is the I mean the conundrum government finds itself, and that government wants a very smooth way out. Look. What the issue I was, I was thinking the reason was that, look, you are giving a 0% interest in 2023. Can we work on something, including let's average all the interest rate for the period? Yes, and, 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 then, and then try to see if whether we can, we can give, we can give so that we can give some capital, even if it is deferred payment. It's a good call. It's something government will consider. Government is willing to consider if it's on the table. But to give a position that we are not and will not subscribe. There are two ways. Government will say, okay, we listen. Individual bone holders are to the tune of 8 billion Ghana City. Okay? Of 8 billion Ghana City, if we take the 8 billion Ghana City from the individual bone holders. You say about 15 billion. It's about 15 billion. Cities. Well, maybe I've, I've, I'm not privy to that particular He's number. He's talking about the direct. The direct. Okay. The direct holding so was now, between even, 8 if, and 9. Okay, that's fine. Sure so it's even making a matter simpler. Pay us and let's go. It's, if, <laughs> it's making the point more even easier if you say that indirect people are part of it. In fact, banks are telling you that they are not, they are holding money of depositors. Mm -hmm. And it's the depositor money they invest. Mm -hmm. But it is not the depositors who invest. There are two different conversations. Don't miss that. Yes, yes, but, 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 we have informed people well. Yes, no, no, I, 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 you, you have a chance given, to deal The information with this. you are given is to suggest that this individual, anyway, I, I don't think that they, they should. Move, move, they, 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 so, so, so you stay on so course. Move on. Let's stay on course. Yes, it's there clearly. Just stay on Collective investment scheme. That's right. Yes, so the collective mutual funds, they are the bondholders, not the individuals. So you go ahead with it. So let us focus. No, look. That conundrum is something government will have to find a way out. We can take 8 billion people out. Government can say that, okay, you pay them. If government, in fact, if push comes to no and government can find money, 8 billion to pay them. Government will pay them. But you, a question you ask yourself, where would the people send their money? To keep it in their house and be spending? That is a matter they will resolve. Or to put it in the treasury bill, which is government investment leave so that to us to, that, to take that, the decision all that is, is is an issue that government is well aware and what is the implication of that on the financial on the sector mm. you see government is not having a business of putting inflicting but, 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 but you, you admit that if government had called these people to the table or the government had organized a town hall meeting because you say you cannot identify the individual bondholders or something you think this matter don't you think this matter wouldn't have traveled this far I mean, now there are issues of consultation, engagement, and government doesn't have, doesn't hasn't done that. You know, now petitions have been set up. That Edwin and the people sent a petition about a week or two ago. They've not heard anything. They are still waiting. They have to add a cover letter to send to some other people. Um, yesterday, uh, uh, Senor and Martin and Co. You know, also petitioned the finance minister, etc. Should it be coming from them, or it should actually be coming from government, which is in a difficulty? and seeking to get the people voluntarily to come on board to, to help government 
resolve its difficulty or difficulties are taken over. In the place. first place, the decision to involve private or individual bondholders came up around 24 December. Mm. So, I, have a, I have a question here yeah, which so, is seeking so to ask that, whether that was that, in a that, cabinet that decision call, at all. If, people, if a scheme is not affecting people so-called and you are in want of time, okay, you feel that these are people who are not affected anywhere, who will not be affected by the program. So that's why government commends the program without the individual now, I'm talking about the 24 decision. I'm, I'm coming. So following the 24th mm -hmm. decision, that decision, I, I, I must confess that that decision in between time, we don't know between the time period government decided to say that individual bondholders or private bondholders should be part of the program. But if that decision was made because of an engagement they have had with the bankers, which I was privy to, mm -hmm. and they were asking, they were raising issue about the tradability of the old bonds. And they were saying that the old bonds will have limited liquidity. Mm -hmm. And government telling them, look, I'm inviting private individuals to come. That is the, that is the commencement of the engagement. Mm -hmm. there's, no, there's no engagement you have to preempt when there's no decision of, about including a particular category of people. If I don't intend to include you, then there's no need to bring you to discussing the program. But if I, I decide today, 24th, mm -hmm. to say that, look, I'm, I want to bring private in the, I mean, individual bondholders mm -hmm. into the table, then it's from the 24th that any discussion is you don't say, but, but, I say you but, are included. However, you talk to but, but today, today is 14th. Today is 14th. 24th. Say no to DDE. Yeah. <laughs> today, is for, today is 14th. 24th to 14th. At least there should have been some signal from government that government is willing to meet the people. In fact, government meets people on weekends. In fact, the Christmas holiday, I think a lot of people were working. Government is able to form government, the hands on the cost to even sit on weekends. You know? So government calling that. these people together, mm. I, I don't think should have been a difficulty. But here we are. They say they've not been consulted. I, and it's their money they are dealing with. Is their money they are dealing with. Is their money they are dealing with. You've not consulted them. That is the problem. Mr. I'll come to you. They've not been consulted, yet is their money that you are seeking to use for this. I may it being voluntary. The issue of not make, the finance minister, the finance minister have had con consultation with some private or individual bondholder, which I am aware, which he has stated clearly. Mm -hmm. Okay, but the numbers, mm -hmm. who are those people he spoke to? What is what is the representative until the recent uh, what do you call it? Uh, I mean, coalition B from which is leading. Mm -hmm. Okay, they were individuals, people people of different group. He might have spoken to some of them. Mm -hmm. Some people were not engaged, but with the in what you call it, with the commencement or with the inception, with the incorporation, okay, whatever is incorporated, or with the formation of that group, mm -hmm. okay, with the formation of that group, it now falls that that group is a mafia with the people. Mm -hmm. Then that is the point you have to ask for, you to sit down with the government. But you don't. They have requested. I'm not sure whether also requested my, my brother has requested. But the issue is that we don't want to be part of the but, group. But it's negotiation, it's, is it not? It is negotiation. It is you, not, your, your position was that you are going to be by can, force. Can I, no, it's I, no, but that's what they were saying. Look at this. Look you at you what he said. You, that had impeded, you had unimpeded no, trading. You have impeded our lives. So we are going to impede your speech. No, no, no. no, no it's it, not be fair. It's not be fair. No, it's not be fair. Which I was not. Which I was not. No, didn't look at their being fair. No, wait. I mean, I'm talking about you. I'm talking about you. Try and control. Yes, I'm talking about you. Senor. The program is not going to go on. No, People want to be. Yeah, people please. want to be educated. To, to be educated. Yeah, so you, you okay. make your point. No, no, no Senor, 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 I think you, you must know. You are representing members. Mm -hmm. The interest of the members is what you are pursuing. And you can shout, you can cry, you can do everything in the protection or in defense of interests of such members. Mm -hmm. Nothing, absolutely nothing wrong with that. 
and I appreciate the advocacy being done. But when political questions are being raised mm -hmm. in the discharge of that duty, it is the responsibility of those in government to answer to that question. Mm -hmm. And that's why I'm saying that, look, when we are making our vacancy without going into issues about compensation, you say we have increased compensation and that we are not committed enough. That is also a sense that you are telling the government to do something about the fact that people, Ghanaian workers, are suffering and that we should reduce their salary in these particular no, times. Reduce your size of government. Okay. And you say size of government doesn't you mean parliamentary. Size of government means parliamentary. It means civil service. It means public service. It means the, the security service. That is the government we are talking uh, about. Absolutely. You understand? So the advocacy should also be sensitive to the whole issue. Yes. If the advocacy is not sensitive to the plight of your neighbor, but it is my, my, my that I'm concerned about, then there's something problematic about the advocacy. No, absolutely not. You understand? There's something problematic about the advocacy. And that is the point, that is the point I want my brother, for us to have the issue discussed. Look, you have very good concerns. You have your new concerns that we have funds being invested. Government can decide to say that, look, I'm paying off the three billion. Okay. I mean, eight, eight billion. Mm -hmm. I'm paying off the eight billion, 15. and if I pay off the eight billion, whatever you want to decide to do with your money, decide with that. But do we want to have that hostile investment relationship with people, private, well, I mean, bondholders? No, that is not the way to go regarding this. It's it's, it's very likely that government will see um, an extension of the 16th January deadline. What's government's thinking? Is, is that going to be the case? Government is engaging them. Some of the bankers' association are holding meetings even weekends. Insurance um, Commission, they are holding meeting weekends. Uh, SEC, which uh, some of their members belong to, they are holding meetings. Their boss are holding meetings in order to look at the proposal. The yesterday's EMT meeting, emergency EMT meeting, discuss some of the concerns. Mm -hmm. That will be factored in. If their boss are able to take decision before Monday and their members are subscribing or their invitation to tender is accepted, then there's no need for extension. But if there are still thorny issues, that are still so relevant to the whole issue of the conclusion of the program. Government is more than willing to extend it. But of course, it must go with an express commitment mm -hmm. from the stakeholders that look, we want to support government succeed in this particular program. We want to, to, to support the, the recovery of the economy. And that to that extent, we want ABCD to be done. And that ABCD being done is also a, a kind of like the burden sharing. I agree with my, 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 my brother, uh, Franklin. Franklin, who is saying that, look, 50-50. 50 to the private sector, 50 public sector. It's a genuine call. But you also ask, if government is, is doing 50, it's going to affect even the private sector the more. Your government is the biggest spender in the economy, and the private sector depends on government businesses to survive. Mm. Okay, okay. Yeah. so that, 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 that relationship, that relationship has to be looked at and looked at holistically. Let, let, let me ask, um, so what is the, the rate of subscription now? What is the rate of uptake? Government says it needs about 80% of the 138 billion uh, 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 to, to be able to proceed with what it wants to do. Do you have any idea what the uptake is, whether we are 10%, 20%, 30%? Where are we? The, the finance ministry has those numbers. Even the Bank of Ghana provided, but I don't, I'm not sure. I'm in the official capacity mm. to 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 mention how many people have come up so far, how many institutions or corporate institutions have come up so far in regarding this particular uh, subscription. Mm. Because these are numbers that have market implication that can spoke the market. Mm. So I, I'm being aware of that. I'm not sure if the 
Fanon Mr. You, Fan you is know right. the figure, but you won't put it out. I know the figure. It's not going well. Uh, he would I, have put it out. No, no, it's not. But of course, he says it's not the right thing. He said it's not the right thing. I'm not empowered to do that. And I'm saying that if the time comes, the Fanon Music feel that I need to announce that this program, I've had 10% subscription, I have 20% subscription, and that that's how when we need to go our route this way. Government will announce. But, but, but given the figures, you know, which you will not put out, and uh, the deadline we have on the 16th, is it very likely that there will be an extension, given everything in between? Given everything in between, government is engaging on the subject to the decision that the bankers will yeah, come. Yeah, just tomorrow. Yeah, that the bankers will come with, subject to the decision that SEC will come with, subject to the decision that Insurance Commission will come with. Government will look at the deadline on, on the 16th and decide on what is next. Mm, very well. So, so, so Martin, um, uh, very interesting. But I know you, you, what, what options do you have for, for government if government is to exempt individual bondholders? How else can government raise money or, or, or what can government do, in your view, to ensure that it still goes ahead with its uh, IMF program and, and yet, you know, exempt the individual bondholders as you guys are, are advocating? Okay, so two quick sentences uh, as an introduction to your question. Okay, number one, so uh, viewers and listeners, as we've said over and over, please say no to DDE. <laughs> say no to, to DDE. DDE. Say no, no to, to DDE. Say no, no to, to DDE. DDE. Say no to, to DDE. DDE. Don't sign up. Don't sign up. Don't sign up. Government of Ghana has a lot of money, and so we don't <laughs> need to do this individual bondholders for Ghana to survive. No, sell up. You know, yesterday, you and I on the, um, what's it? Yesterday, on eyewitness news. Eyewitness news, yes, you asked me. Now, look. Let's go to the budget. As the last time I read it about a week ago, even the budget statement when Ophorialta introduced it, he said alternatives. Number one, what I'm looking at is that in the budget, you have provision for 27 billion for capital expenditure, right? So this capital expenditure from his name, it tells you that recurrent expenditure would have been covered. So, and very critical in the recurrent expenditure is the salaries, emoluments of public servants, etc. So it means that there will be enough to pay uh, public servants, right? Public officers. So once there's enough to pay them and take care of recurrent expenditure, fuel, water, the stationary doses, day-to-day -day things that are used up, right, within a, a fiscal year, then it means that we are stable. Let's repeat this. From the budget, there will be enough money to take care of recurrent expenditure. It tells you that we are stable. Mm. Salaries will be paid. It's why you don't have money to pay salaries. Then that's when you say the government is about to collapse. So there's stability in the budget. Mm. And there's enough, and we've projected 27 billion for capital expenditure. So number one, we will cut from capital expenditure. That is where we should cut from the 27 billion. And to further assure you, Salom, that and, uh, there is stability in the budget, Last year, we raised about 65 billion from taxes, aid, and grant. About 65. The target was 67. And this year, we are targeting 143 billion from the taxes, aid, and grant, that category. Mm -hmm. 143. Yes, so for being a budget in the event, you know, sometimes we don't meet the target. So let's just come down. Very, very, very conservative. I'm looking at at least 115 billion, not mm -hmm. scientific. Okay, I'm not an economist. We just read and also understand, though, I mean, we've read one or two 
causes in economics, right? So what I'm saying is that it's not an economic thing. So we're at 143. And I'm saying, okay, as soon as we don't meet the, budget, the target crowd, come to 115 billion. Mm. We'll raise. So if there's enough money to pay workers, why don't we pay the individual bondholders? Because they also depend on the uh, coupons and also the maturity. They were hoping to be paid. Then they can also survive. The coupon seller, and I'm sure Senior and Dr. Edward and Yentry have made a point. That's what our members depend on for a living. That is what they use to pay school fees. That is what they use to buy medication. The salaries we pay public officers, is that not the same thing that people use it for? Pay rent, pay school fees, live to survive. That's what the individual bondholders also do with that money. So if there's enough money to pay workers, Oh, come on. Then the next thing is there should be enough money to pay individual bondholders so that they too can survive. Then what is left we can look and use for capital expenditure. Common sense. And that's what Article 36 requires. And I'm coming. So in the meantime, say no to DDE. In the meantime, say no to DDE. Say no to DDE. Okay, so let's continue. In the same budget, there's another category, provision for 27 billion for contingency. Hmm. 27 billion for contingency. So these are what? Uh, unplanned events that may come up, right? Yes. So if you're saying that at the time you were passing the budget, you couldn't foresee that uh, individual bondholders can also rise and fight. Then under the reason and they are fighting back fearlessly, then please, you can also take some from the contingency. And then I'm sure Senior would have made that point. Senior is the architect of the Esla bond, right? Mm. So the Esla bond, as far as I'm aware, through his education and other people, said they designed it to have a constant stream of income. Yeah. Also, it or was, you repeated it so my this I've morning. I've not done that. Uh -huh. morning, but so that's okay, it. so right. let me go. So the, in creating the Esla bond, Energy Sector Levies Act, right? Through it, they created mm. a bond. What he says is that when you buy fuel, a liter. There is the tax. The last time I knew it was 40 pesos per liter. Is it yeah. still the same? It's more than that. Now it's more. It's more so can you imagine, for every liter of fuel you buy, you pay 40 pesos. So the people who came for this bond, they knew that, oh, as long as fuel is bought in Ghana, there will be money. Mm -hmm. As long as, there. exactly. So as we sit here, as I'm talking right now, many people are at the filling station buying fuel. We to come here, we have to buy fuel. Tomorrow we'll buy fuel. Add no some. So if money is coming in, how can you be heard to say that, no, uh, that uh, people holding Esla bonds, bring them, we want to postpone. Government doesn't have money. We are living beyond our means. And Article 36 says we shouldn't do that. We'll come there. Quickly, mm -hmm. another of the bonds says uh, the Dutch bond. bond. It's also for get fund. The get fund, the 2.5 we pay for get fund, which is added to the VAT. Mm -hmm. So it means that every day, things that we buy, iPhone, uh, this and, tablets, everything. everything, that there's VAT. Money is coming. So why? The finance minister think that we, we cannot read, that I have to be called an economics before we can also make sense. We can, I took the budget and also started reading. And one of the seven pillars of the budget, he said that they want to protect the poor and vulnerable. Oh. It's one of the seven pillars of the budget. So when people depend on the coupons for their living, pay their rent, school fees, etc., and you say you will not give it to them, and rather, that you will not pay individual bondholders. Rather, you want to go and build roads. What do you think you are doing? Who, who, who are the poor you are uh, protecting? Who are the but, vulnerable but are the poor you are need a road to travel on? Oh, no, no, no. no. That. no. That is, you see, we voted government into office. 
We give them the mandate. We give them our taxes. Mm -hmm. We entrust that in their hands. They have come back asking for all kinds of revisions. We have done that. If you've mismanaged it, you have to manage the politics of it. Very well. You don't let, ask let, us let to pay for it. Then I'll come to you for it. Yeah, so, Saram, then the third point, before we read Article 36, mm. the same budget, you see in it, you see the livelihood empowerment project mm. where we help poor people. Yeah. Good. In this same budget, we are going to increase substantially the payments to these people. These are handouts, freebies. Who, but they are very, very poor. Very poor. Now, is there logic that somebody who depends on his coupons, right, the individual bondholders, to also live? You say, no, there's no money to pay him. You are starving him. You are killing him. Then you take his money and go and give another category of poor people. What so kind of injustice We is are this? swapping the people who die. How? Excellent. So you see how we say, the more things change, then the, the more, more they remain, remain the, the same. same. The more things change, the more they remain the same. You are taking somebody who is above poverty line, his money, and then you drop him below poverty line. Go and give someone who is uh, below poverty line. Then you bring him. No, it's this one. Yeah, what, they, they, we are democratizing poverty by this. Can you imagine? So, uh, so Salon, please, please. Uh, can you forget? And as far as we are hearing, it's not a cabinet decision. Please. It's please. not a cabinet decision. We can't decision. accept such a dictatorship I've spoken to Ken. five cabinet it's ministers. It's not a cabinet decision. All of them decision. say this is all new to them. And can we ask Kandapa, Honorable, we beg him, he should step in. This is a national security matter. You see, sometimes in our governance, I was reading the book by uh, this lady, Condoleezza Rice. I didn't know that in the American system, the national security minister, he's like senior to the rest. Who, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So much revolves around him, eh? Yeah. yeah. When you read this book, the uh, Anna Condoleezza Rice, former yeah. secretary, uh, uh, secretary of state, yeah. and before that, she was national Special security, security advisor. advisor. Yeah, when she reads, she, she calls the people and directs them, no, this one, correct this, do this. So she's like basically the... Uh, spokesperson of the president, daily affairs, coordinating a lot of stuff. Then I said, oh, okay, so it means that if things are working that well, then Kandapa too must be very, very important. And He's a very important yes. person. So and and I, I, have, I have a feel of his sentiments because uh -huh. I, I have engaged him many times. Yes. He, he, when he was in CSO, this thing, he would not support uh, it. it doesn't, so, uh, Selon, let's read yes, to viewers. It's very important. Cabinet did not yes. sit on this thing. But, 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 can you so tell us? Cabinet did not I, sit I, I on this individual addition. I know you sit in cabinet meetings sometimes. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us whether cabinet considered this? Ah, it means cabinet didn't. You see? You use No, you provide some assistance to cabinet. Yeah, of course. And you can hear, you can eavesdrop. Because you provide This man does not miss his word. You see where he's struggling. He's a good man. I love him. They sent you to come and die for nothing. Let allow the good man to speak. So, 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 can you tell us if this is a cabinet decision or not? No. Yes or no? Wait, I'm not the secretary of the cabinet. You are not, yes. But you provide assistance. Do you know you provide assistance to The secretary of the cabinet has the responsibility of communicating decisions that have been arrived at. So you are not in a position to say yes or no. And also, even if I was in cabinet, Okay, you are the, the oath of secrecy. With the oath of secrecy, you I would not even, even be able to tell you that it was discarded or well. not. So these are these are things that he knows that even if he was sitting in cabinet, if Senor Jose was sitting in cabinet, he would not be talking the way he talks. Ah, so, 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 so you can't tell us whether it's a cabinet decision or not. Is that what you're saying? You think hard before putting me in your cabinet. No, you can't tell us whether it's a cabinet decision or not. I'm saying that. I will not be able to tell you whether it is cabinet decision. If it were a cabinet decision, it would have just been a yes, which means that you have collective buy-in of, of cabinet. I'm saying that what is decided in cabinet is 
remains in cabinet. Whatever views expressed by any member in cabinet remains in cabinet. It's obvious. It's obvious. It's not a power. It's not a power. Powered to discuss cabinet. So to understand. Yes. So Martin, let's hear you on the on the one of the ways how government should go about development. Article 36 prescribes how government should go about development. There is a prioritization. It prescribes living beyond your means. Cut your quote according to your cloth. It says, 36.1, the state shall take all necessary action to ensure that the national economy is managed in such a manner as to maximize the rate of economic development. That's one. And to secure the maximum welfare. Oh. Two. Freedom. Three. Oh. And happiness. Four. Of every person in Ghana. And to provide adequate means of livelihood. Five. Have you seen? And suitable employment and public assistance to the needy. Mm -hmm. Secure the livelihood. So if I have my... Public assistance to the... Yes, and we're coming. Maybe. So you see, so Maybe. if you have the Maybe. bond there, that is, you depend on the coupon, the interest, to survive. How, if government takes it, it's disrupted your livelihood because government wants to go and build roads, because government wants to go and do other... Free SHS. Uh, uh, they haven't got money for No. So that is... Big government. says, no, 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 please. First class. Tickets. Yes. A, a maximum development, but please, welfare, freedom, happiness, secure the livelihood, and suitable employment, and assistance to the needy. Then, Salam, let's also come to the uh, two, two E, that government should realize the recognition that the most secure democracy is the one that assures the basic necessities of life for its people as a fundamental duty. Let me just read again. There is recognition that the most secure democracy is the one that assures the basic necessities of life for its people as a fundamental duty. That mm. is our basic but, 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 but Martin, how about, how about, um, how about C? Yes. Ensuring that individuals and private sector bear their fair share mm. of social That's and national responsibilities, yeah. including responsibilities to contribute to the overall development of the country. Yes. Everybody taxes. pays taxes, but yes. we are in a fix. We no, are in a because it's been mismanaged. Right? Right? In a fix. Depends yeah. on two sides. We are not in a fix. Please, please. please not in this We are not. This this is, is, that's no, where you're sitting where this is. Look, this is not a fix. You have bloated your government. They come and come and tell us that we should pay for it. Okay, let me land. I'm saying your lifestyle is your guys are doing it. So, no, 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 it's fine. Because look, Senior is hot. He's feeling for the people. He is also feeling. He's a businessman. Please. Why you are getting thousands of messages at 3 a.m. and you are telling you to lead a group. Yes, I am happy to do Yes, and that comes with it. And I'm just telling you, look, these are lives. Yes. Look, let me read J.B. Dankwa for you. J.B., go to the New Patriotic Party's website. This J.B. Dankwa's, what's the name? Philosophy. That is supposed to guide this party. This party, I voted for. I can't even recognize it anymore. Listen, you voted for. Oh, yes. I feel very authorized. Yes. I feel very authorized. Martin, you also voted for. Oh, yeah. I've never voted for J.M. God is my witness. Never voted for J.M. I voted for another time. The party's policy is to liberate the energies of the people for mm -hmm. the growth of a property-owning democracy in this land, which rights to life, mm -hmm. freedom, and justice as the principles to which the government and laws mm -hmm. of the land should be dedicated in order specifically to enrich life.
-hmm. property and the liberty of each and every citizen. Mm -hmm. Now think about it. Mm -hmm. What are we doing? We are impoverishing lives. Mm -hmm. We are stealing people's property mm -hmm. because this particular policy erodes mm -hmm. at your best case scenario, 50% of your wealth mm -hmm. and 88.2% of your wealth. Mm -hmm. yeah. And look, Bonds are not just some luxury sitting somewhere. Mm -hmm. These are people's property. Mm -hmm. People yeah. had earned property. Yes. Look at Uncle yeah. Anani. Yeah. Yes. How many years this man has served mm -hmm. as a public servant? Yes. He puts his money down. Small, small, small. Now he's on retirement. Your mm -hmm. sleep pension is nothing meaningful. Mm -hmm. This is where he balances his life. Mm -hmm. He has family members who also depend on him. He may have nephews who are, who are graduates who are unemployed and who have to also eat into his, his money. And that's what I say, the social haircut, family yeah. haircut. Yes. Then now you are telling him that you want to impoverish his mm. life. Which part of this is MPP? Yes. Which part yeah. of this is MPP? Okay. Which party yeah. is this? Right. Let, 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 no, but I thought you said you ceded your time uh, to him. Oh, uh, yeah, so 30 yeah. seconds. No, 30, so 30 seconds. So my 30 seconds is that. So the burden sharing. Yes, mm. I adopt what Senor said. And in addition, if we say burden sharing, please, I keep saying, Oforiata should return the money he's made from the, the data bonds. Bank. Data bank. He should return no, the money. He should return all no, the money. Why did he increase? Sorry? You are digressing. No, it's, it's part of the burden sharing. You want to take people's as a money. minister for finance, when you were coming, you said you came to... But he himself as an individual. Yes. Yes. He will also be affected. No, he, yes, oh, but please, he's made please, hundreds please, of millions please, of Ghana cities through data bank. He's made for the president's family. So burden sharing should bring it. If you're a minister of state and you have a certain skill set and government is going to undertake that business, why can't you offer it at a very barest minimum? Why do you take over 100 million? Why do you take over 100 million? So it's made hundreds of millions of uh, Ghana cities. So Oforiata, before you will get anybody to say yes, they want to seed anything, then you should return the hundreds of millions of Ghana cities he's made. And also, apart from Data Bank, the Enterprise Insurance, see how he's taking over a lot of government business oh, from child. SIC. Then Lands Commission, he went there, they were going to listen, take away the work of the Lands Commission staff. They were no, they but, wanted but, to take over regularization. Enterprise is not Ken Oforata. No, no but he's a, a major shareholder. Major shareholder. He, he, he has several other companies. Look, you go to, you go to GRA, he has companies indirectly. They, we collect tax, they make money. All over Oforata, eh? well, state I, I capture. Yes, I, I don't know about all of them. So please, to bring this, take us out and all this matter Let me go to Doc. Yeah, very well. You know, so your group, if I heard you right, from the beginning, you were saying you wanted to have a conversation to see how you know things could be negotiated your other colleagues want a wholesale out is, is, is that a position you share to or you no, are we, willing we, to sit we, we around have. the table and, and have a Georgia with government on what can be done about the coupon rate and all of that we have not uh, we have said we want to be treated just like they have treated pension funds exemption mm -hmm. yes Take because it, it is the same pensioners that you are thinking seriously about them mm -hmm. that you don't want them to live an impoverished life oh. and so you are exempting the funds that they will take home and we are saying the funds that we uh, have also taken home and are now living on the same thing should happen to us that you but, don't want yes. to impoverish but, it. So exempt us yes, but from so it. They've, they've exempted the pension funds. Yes. So you still benefit from the pension funds because no, no, those those who haven't come. The, the pension fund is like corn, mm -hmm. and ours is kinky. Kinky. Mm -hmm. And I, I just say and sooner dokuno and sooner brew 
and the soda club. The pension fund is not ready to be eaten now. It's not in the hands of the worker. It's being reserved for the worker. If you get 60 or 55 voluntary and you are coming, we give you. And government say, that money, I don't want to impair it. So I'm fencing this. I'm putting a fence around it so that you take it. And I'm saying that we have the same port you are, you are fencing now. We have taken, we have given our money from that same port. Giving a soda, it is kinky, we can eat. And we have given it to you to learn to you that use it for your activities. Now we are saying, then if you are protecting the fans of people who are yet to come on retirement, then protect the fans of people who have already come on retirement too. So that your idea that you don't want people to come on retirement and suffer mm. would also extend to people who are already on retirement. Basic, basic principle. 100%. Basic. 100%. So, yes. So, but so but all of us, too, we are also contributing pensions. So mm. we, too, we, also, we are also kinky. Mm -hmm. The kinky is what we also eat now. Mm -hmm. to, pay, no. to pay school fees. Yes. Mm -hmm. To pay for our rent. Our, 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 rent, our yes. master's. No. Yes. So we can get a better job. Very and also well. retire like honorably and enjoy your retirement. <laughs> no, so, you know, you have spent a big, a big part of your life at SEC educating people yes. on how to invest, etc. Yes. Does this decision to include, you know, these investments say anything about the work of SEC and how SEC perhaps should change this approach in educating people? We're told no, that no, government no. bonds, for example, are the safest. Are so, see, so, so if, if they are the safest, risk-free, etc., and that's what you tell us, we accept it, we go buy bonds, and it's becoming mm. like this. Doesn't that weaken confidence in, in you, 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 you the see, classroom has you, entered you, the border? You see, when, when government uh, goes into some of these debt uh, defaults, definitely confidence comes down. But depending on how you do your restructuring, within a very short time, the confidence is back, and you can even go to the international market to, to start borrowing how you have restructured it. So fine, once it is this, it will have some effect. But if the government, the sovereign itself, is having this effect, and you are in this country, then you ask yourself, where would you go? Because the rest, the, 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 the other places that we, we, we invest when there are problems, we go to the state for support, mm. to help it. That is why regulators are there, to support, because the, 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 the institutions are not as, uh, they, they, they are still, ha they have some risk, like we all know banks have failed. Mm -hmm. The government will never fail. The government will still have, can go through some, some problems. So fine, that can ha happen as at now. People are thinking, oh, then when I get my, I say, if you get your money, you don't want to put in government bonds. And uh, financial market institutions are also not as strong as government. Then where do you want to, to be? So mm -hmm. definitely it will affect people. But over time, I believe if we, we structure it well and we move from this whole thing, confidence will come back and people will be investing in government bonds. Uh, I see. Um, Franklin, um, it, it appears that the parties have quite, at least the, the, the bondholders have quite some entrenched position. They just want to be exempted. Mm -hmm. But is, is that feasible? Is that feasible that they, they will be exempted en entirely? and still government will go ahead and do what it wants to do. Martin, of course, has said that there are other things government could look at, talking about some 27 billion for capital expenditure and all of that. Of course, Mahama will respond to that. But is it a feasible proposition from the individual bondholders to be exempted entirely from this process? 
Why isn't it feasible? I mean, I think Senor made the point about the uh, percentage contribution of, of individual bond holders to the entire bonds, uh, I mean, those eligible bonds for, for the DDE. And if you are looking at that particular percentage, which is about 12 or so percent, um, 11 percent actually, um, you, you, it is, it is feasible, really. It is feasible. So I don't think, uh, and for the purposes of negotiation, that's the, that's the stand, that's the starting point. Really. I mean, you, you have credible figures to back your, 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 your claim, and so it is feasible to do that. I mean, I, I think all these permutations, again. Uh, should be done, uh, uh, must have been done by the ministry. And, and I suspect that they decided to include individual bondholders simply because they, they took out the pensioners as well. But everything circles back again. I mean, there's always a domino effect, really, depending on which sector, sector you take off. But clearly, if you look at the numbers that have been presented, it is feasible to exclude uh, individual bondholders from, from, from this DDE. And, and, and for, what, for what is worth, uh, it also uh, provides sanity. I mean, it's some safe spaces for the government to be able to uh, navigate the remainder of the, of the program. So it is feasible. I, I suspect the question you're asking, or what you should be asking, essentially, why why shouldn't the government sit with these, with, with these groups? And then uh, uh, understand their, their, their claim. And if there should be any conversation about what alternatives, uh, we'll get into that as well, beyond what we, what has been provided by Martin. So so that so there is a, there is ample room for exemption. And uh, there are many people who favor this exemption, by the way. We all know that. We do know that there are many people, even in government, who favor the exemption. Tells you that there is that thinking. Uh, the, the real possibility of uh, feasibility that if, you, if the individual bondholders are exempted, the program will not collapse. What will collapse the program is this rather, you know, um, excuse my language, a very shoddy way of actually engaging the, the creditors. And I don't think it helps at all. At this stage, the best the government should do is to extend the time and, and then take a hard look at those numbers and the people behind those numbers. I think it's crucial. Very, very crucial, and and, and, and to have that uh, that that worldview before any decision is taken uh, in, in this in this program. I see. So um, let me let me come to you, Mahama um, Kabiru. Uh, um, Martin says there's some 27 billion. Indeed, is a case in the budget for contingency mm -hmm. and for capital expenditure. Yeah, separate 27 uh, years. Uh, are we not years. able to do anything about that projection? to help us in dealing with our debt problem. When you are in a difficulty, you don't really want to spend on, on things which are not very, very critical to, to, to your survival. Why can't we tone down on those 27 million, 37 million, mm -hmm. and, and then use that to deal with some of the debt problems we have so that we don't have this uproar you know, from, from the masses you know, coming up? Is, is, is that a feasible you know, uh, proposition? First and foremost, the government should be government is it is actually is the guarantor of last resort mm. and that when we had whenever you have challenges with your businesses you fall by even as private as they are mm -hmm. you fall back to government for support and that's why private banks get capital support or liquidity support from government. Hasn't that, that is why government mm -hmm. uh, uh, 
That is why government come in whenever there are zero challenge with the economy. So I think it is in that right that I think that private or private businesses should see government as a partner, ally, and that when there's a challenge, uh, they can raise their new question. They can question about expenditure. They can question about government lifestyle. There are very good concerns they can raise, but they should be forthcoming in the spirit of trying to build a nation. When Ghana collapse, their businesses are, are collapsing Ghana as well. Okay. If their businesses are collapsing, and again, government with this particular issue is fully aware that, look, banks are going to be affected, individuals are going to be affected. That's why government is setting up the stability fund. They are regulating forbearances in order but, but to the support. Stability, the stability so fund, so, the stability so, fund so, for just 15 billion. Um, I said, where is stability for individuals? Yeah, so yeah. All, all, all those things, in fact, the staff government are aware that it's going to hit individuals, especially bonds maturing 2023. As mm. actually, initially, there was no interest accrual. But there's now interest accrued and payable, it it though in a capitalized form. It changes something. It, it's not payable. It, 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 it is, not it is, immediately. No, no, but it's in a capital form. Yes. So yeah, it is money, it is money government has actually uh, come to the table. Government has decided to come to the table in order to show that, look, you have your new concern. These are some of the things we can do. In fact, there's 2% uh, uh, tender fee payment for, uh, mm. I mean. Oh, please, somebody push that, 10,000. That, right. Please, please, please. That is what I'm saying. We are, we are talking as if government hasn't taken a step. You haven't done taking it. Government step. has not taken a step. And I'm trying to explain some of the things. If you say 2% is not enough, it can be a call for more. You no, get we it? Don't but but, but if, if we are assuming that government is not doing any, anything, that is quite not being yeah, fair no, to no, government. No, 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 but that's it. That drink that, or drink that's it. <laughs> that, that's it. The issue about 2023 budget, of course, the name suggests a budget based on expectation of revenue. He has given a fair or conservative estimate of revenue. But capital expenditure includes areas. Okay? Some amount that are supposed to be cleared. Okay? Projects that are so necessary for the, even the growth of even the economy as well. So if you say you are clearing capital expenditure, you are basically saying that your GDP growth, as it were, should come to stand still. The reverse is Okay? True. You are saying your GDP growth should come to stand still. So that argument, you can say that, look, suspend some project, valid point, mm -hmm. and that you can make some yeah. savings from that particular suspension of some of the project. Mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a genuine call, Seven. okay, that under the crisis, mm -hmm. Mr. Hansen, let me make yeah, the point. Look, under the crisis, you, should, you can suspend some project, mm -hmm. but be mindful of the fact that if we are just looking at 27 billion as a number, and we are contrasting that with what is owned by people will get around too. Remember that under the budget, 30% base pay, which was not contemplated, uh -huh. has been has been added to the budget. Yes. Now it is expenditure. Ahead of individual it, it is it is it is expenditure. Look, we are we are doing as if the individual bondholders are sometimes different from these people who are earning salary. That is not. They are not distinct groups sometimes. Mm -hmm. So let us not let us not behave that look. Individual bondholders are sitting somewhere. Then salary workers are sitting somewhere. They are sitting in silos. Mm -hmm. That's not the case. Yes. So there are some overlapping, yes. what you call it, uh, uh, nature of these categories. So, so next, so, government will do something about the concerns I'm saying that they have. Government, government is doing. Even the ministry, um, um, the information has even taken a look. Has taken a look at some yes, of their projects, mm -hmm. and that these are projects we need to. I mean, uh, stand still. These are projects which are so necessary, and we need. The government is looking at all that. Very well. The issue is about payment to leap, mm -hmm. and that we are trying to swap. 
members poverty that issue he, he is saying no, look you saying that he has read a constitutional provision article 36 mm. that among other things says that you will need to take measures that will ensure the protection of the vulnerable in society mm. okay the latter part of yes. the article has yes. read uh, okay that should be seen as the light of that decision government taken that they are increasing leap their beneficiaries by 50 percent and that they are also increasing payment or uh, what you call school feeding program to people these are also the vulnerable that mm. under this time government must support them so all these are expenditure uh, requirements that is hanging on government, and government needs to take steps in order to do that. So we don't get need to see the, our problem from our side. Of course, if it is hitting you, you feel it. You don't care what the neighbor does. But it's in the interest of nation building. Look, the management of the economy is much more herculean that we are dealing with over 30 million people. He's dealing with um, 1.2 million people. And he's having sleepless nights, okay, as their convener. It's having sleepless nights because of the concerns of, of 1.2 million so, so people. Can, and, 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 can, can the they, president have to deal with their lives? But they have brought us. No, they have forgotten about the 30 million people. They have forgotten about the 30 million people. Don't we do? Don't we do? They have forgotten. No, they have all these people like numbers. He's trying to protect these people. So we shouldn't see that. Look. We are doing things that are at variance so, so, with so the interests of the public. In essence, essence well, government is working. In essence, government is, is working, and, and government will engage. Let, 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 let me take a concluding remark on this from, from Doc. Doc, it, it's been quite a heated discussion. It's, it's emotive because people's properties, people's monies are involved. Uh, you want to be exempted. Government also has a program to do. What should be the balance in conclusion? Well, I think that government should try as much as it could to uh, ensure that uh, the engagement is undertaking for many of the people who are still arguing or wanting to be exempted to, uh, to meet halfway. I think that if it's properly, the engagement is properly handled, the negotiation is properly handled, we could come to some compromise with government. But for, that's a general, in general, but for pension pensioners, mm. they should not be put inside. If you want to take care, be protecting your unborn child, I don't see any parent who say, this my child is yet to be born, but I'm protecting the child, the yet unborn child. And you refuse to protect the child mm. you have already <laughs> brought up. Mm -hmm. These pension funds and the people here to come on pension are unborn ch children. Mm -hmm. We are already born. If you want to protect, you are protecting the unborn. To protect the, 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 the alive. Those, those alive, alive. Too. Very well. be protected. All right. Th th thank That's you so all. much, uh, guys. Thank but you. But so in much. general, I think if government so is able to do uh, a negotiation, they can they will succeed. It's expenditure. Mm. All right. The growth of expenditure was cut down big time. And when it happened, we had our highest growth. So don't come and tell me here that government cutting expenditure is talking about economy. is grammar. Very well. Grammar. The Very science well. doesn't support it. Uh, let me take That's this. where efficiency uh, comes. Because productivity in is in the private sector. Mm. So that is where the, the, the resources must be retained. All Very productivity well. is in That's the government right. sector. And you know it. Very well. So, so please, you went to school. Just like me. You know the economists like me. Somebody wants your number to join your group.
that's the key. Okay. You go to Ghana, www.ghanaibf.com and yes. you register. Now we've we are all together. Okay. We are one. As Ali Zwin said, this government is reckless. I tell you, if my investment has. Right now, we are 27,621. For me. I'm sure by the time I go, we hit 30,000. All right, so we'll take more of your messages a bit later. And this is how we conclude this segment of this discussion. We'll look at our next topic in, in the next half, which has to do with the GES and uh, the difficulties that some eight students have had to go through, given the dismissal, their dismissal. Indeed, the president intervened. We'll look at all of that. We'll, we'll look at all of that when, when we return from this break. This is the big issue on 97.3 City FM and the big issue as well on City TV. We'll be right back. We'll change the panel or we'll refresh the panel. Not change. We'll refresh the panel and then we'll get back. Don't go away. <laughs> yeah, welcome back to the big issue on 97.3 City FM and on City TV. Uh, just gone by, very heated discussion on the domestic bond, uh, on the domestic debt exchange program and what individual bondholders have been saying. You can understand that when it comes to money and properties, emotions go quite high. We're going to the second discussion, which has to do with education, another important aspect of our development. And, uh, you know, the Ghana Education Service uh, this week announced the dismissal of eight students of the Chana Senior High School in the Kassina Nankana West District of the Upper East, Upper West Region for making derogatory comments against President Nanalo Dankwe Kufuadu. It will be recalled that the eight students in a in a viral video last year, were seen making disparaging comments against the president and his free SHS policy. Following their misconduct, the management of the GES at the national level in a statement condemned the act and apologized to the president on behalf of the students, school, and members of the public. However, after extensive investigations into the conduct of the students, the director general of the Ghana Education Service, Dr. Eric Nkansa, in a letter dated November 29, 2022, directed the dismissal of all eight students from the school. The dismissal, uh, yeah. so there was uproar uh, from a section of the public after the announcement by GES. The president subsequently intervened to have the students readmitted. There is more in, in the following report. The unfortunate derogatory video was recorded on November 10, 2022 at the China Senior High School. The leaked video went viral on November 11, 2022, causing disaffection among a cross-section of Ghanaian. The students were immediately suspended and a committee constituted to investigate the matter. However, on November 29, 2022, the Ghana Education Service, in a letter signed by the Director General, Dr. Eric Nkansa, dismissed the eight students from school with immediate effect. Speaking to City News, some of the dismissed students say they are surprised at the dismissal and appealed for a second chance to finish their secondary education. I was even thinking they were calling us to just give us punishment or something different to do. But when we got there with our parents, they gave us dismissal letter, which we were even crying in front of the director and then the district director, all of them, including our headmistress. But they were, they, they, they were not having mercy on us. They only asked us to do an apology video, which we did. So now I am only pleading. They should have mercy on us. We are left with few months to complete and come home. 
They should just have mercy on us. Even if it is to sign a bond in the school, so that they will allow us to write our exams and come home. I'm willing to do that. Please have mercy on us. We were only imitating people on social media. We didn't think it would go this far. Please have mercy on us. We are on our knees begging the government and the president that they should please come down and then call us back to school because education means a lot to us. We are female children. We can't just drop out like that. And secondly, we are in our final year. Our parents are not really happy with us, so we beg on them. They should please call us back to school. Education means a lot to us. Parents and relatives of some of the dismissed students who described their wards' attitude as unfortunate say they have punished their wards enough over the matter and pleaded with the government to recall them to school. I was very sad. When, they, when my, my ward came to the house, I even drove away from the house because I've never insulted someone who is even grown up than me. Not to talk to the president. Sincerely pleading on the behalf of them, all of them, for the president to re-accept them. Uh, because we, as fathers, they, they, they do things that are not good to us, but we can't avoid them. It was a bit surprising to us. Uh, our daughter, our sister has been traumatized, and uh, we, we, we are pleading with the authorities that they temper justice. With mercy, and, uh, we know that these are children, and it's, it's just youthful exuberance. So we, we wouldn't condone what they did. Uh, no responsible parent would condone what they did. It's wrong. Uh, but uh, in the same vein, we shouldn't throw them to the wolves. Although many have described the decision as harsh, the executive director of Africa Education Watch, Kofi Asari, said schools must be seen as a haven of discipline and not a den of indiscipline. I have no reason not to support the decision to sanction the students for participating in that uh, despicable act um, of, um, of, of misconduct. I, I think that we shouldn't encourage such behavior at all in our schools. We should be strict on discipline in our senior high schools. But I'm happy that a sanction has been applied. He also noted that the affected students so, uh, all right, you, you all come back to the big issue. Uh, so you, you saw it there. The students uh, dismissed because they uh, put out a video that they sought to uh, pass disparaging comments on the president and all of that. The president is coming to intervene, asking the education ministry to work with the GES to provide alternative sanctions to these young girls. So um, help me to help me do the discussion on the discipline and punishment in schools is um, Kofi Asari, Executive Director of the Africa Education Watch, uh, Charles Ahetochega, former Director General of the Ghana Education Service, Franklin Kujo, President of Mani Africa, and then Martin Pebu, a private legal practitioner and a rights person. All right, gentlemen, you, you're welcome to the program. Thank you. Uh, yes, I, I, start with, uh, I start with the educationist. Uh, um, and, and somebody who has been in a position um, in, in the GES top position before. Your, 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 one of your successes, I mean, the current GES boss sanctioned the decision to dismiss these eight students purely on the basis that they insulted the president. So that has happened. What, what's your view on that before we get to the intervention of the president a bit later? 
Um, again, that is where I get worried because um, he did not do that sanctioning within the remit of what education stands for. And mm. that is where I find it wrong. What, what does education stand for? Then? Education stands for one, protecting the right of a child to education. Mm -hmm. Already we have the Universal Declaration of Human Rights that makes education a basic right for every individual in every space. So for those managers of education, they should be guided by this fundamental issue. In fact, mm. let me say, it's, they are the fundamentals of what we do with education. Mm. So in, in giving ruling or in considering any matter relating to a student, you must always be guided by the child's rights mm. to education. And then you find ways of ensuring that you do not deny the child that right and ensure that that right is maintained. Mm. But, but, but conduct have consequences. So if they yeah. have misconduct, yes. so you can you can bear the, 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 the appropriate. Yes, you can. That's what I'm saying. You sanction. can get that. You can get a sanction, mm. but that sanction should not interfere with your inalienable right up to education. Yes, they, they've not been cut off from education entirely. It no, is just that that conduct cannot be admissible in that school. So maybe they can find a school somewhere else and attend. Fine. For what we are saying, that then it should be put in that way. Now you are preventing them from accessing education. In that school? In that school. And for that matter, they can and, access education. No, and for that matter, uh, the possibility that you will not get education anywhere if you cannot afford private education anywhere in the country, unless you want to do private education. Mm. So that access to education provided by government on the basis of its public good now makes it imperative for the child to still have education. So if you say you have dismissed the child from the school, then you are, you are creating a problem for a child in terms of defending the child's right to education. Is this position of yours not going to encourage you know, uh, uh, bad behavior? No, it's of, not. Of, that's, of why, uh, that's why we hold on to the sanctions yeah. that we uphold in the system. So, for example, there are sanctions that will not let you uh, literally, um, for that matter, deny you your right to education, but, and, but still make it impossible for you to continue to uh, perpetrate that bad behavior. Mm. Yeah. I see. So, so okay, let, let me come to uh, uh, Kofi Asari. Kofi, you, you have been dealing with education matters for quite some time also. Um, discipline has always been an issue, and, and a lot of people, people who are a bit advanced in age will always say that discipline or standards of discipline in schools, you know, is low at an all-time low, etc., etc. With social media, etc., coming in, it appears very bad. Of course, others have even gone ahead to also suggest that it, it's, it's, it's not been very bad, but it's because now there's an expression through social media and technology, so we, we see a lot more of those. I don't really know where you stand on that debate, but what's your thinking of the punishment of dismissing the students? You know looking at the offense that they, 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 they committed. Um, thank you. Um, I think that um, the right to education um, is, 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 um, is, is a fundamental right. And, um, and as much as possible, states, citizens must ensure that every child of school going age has an opportunity to enroll and complete a full cycle of education. Mm -hmm. And uh, as a student and an ardent pursuer of the right to education for decades, I, I will be the last person to jubilate over the sanctioning of a student, mm -hmm. um, especially when the sanction actually constricts or terminates in a way the student's right to education. Mm -hmm. Having said that, 
it is important for us to situate the right to education, you know, within the regulations and the rules and the laws of the country, such that even as we enjoy education, we enjoy it within acceptable rules. Also, when such rules are broken, in enforcing same, we must enforce the rules within the context of law and also within the context of equity. Um, we are of the opinion that the school and, the, and the, the management and also the board of the school, we are told, took a decision. And after they have gone through counseling of the students, school level management committee uh, meetings, and then the board meetings, then the board recommended to the director general that the students, on the basis of the processes and the, the evidence that was used before them, should be dismissed. Without being privy to the report of the disciplinary committee, without being privy to the report of the school's board, which we are informed, or procedurally, are supposed to recommend dismissal to the data general, it would be premature on my part to say immediately the announcement was made that the announcement is illegal. Mm. I haven't seen the report. Perhaps the student may be third or fourth time offenders. Perhaps there are other dimensions to the whole issue that we are not even aware of. Perhaps there might have been some, I mean, so you normally would wait and then get the report on the DC proceedings. It's like going to court and a judge giving a ruling or a judgment, okay? And you make a definitive pronouncement to dismiss the, the judgment or the ruling. Immediately it's made. When you have not even read, you've not gotten a, the judgment. The, a copy of the judgment, no. So we are mindful of that. And we are mindful of that for a reason, because we have followed up on several tens of disciplinary cases in this country. Mm. In 2020, there was a disciplinary case in, in one of the girls' schools in Ashanti region. The student was debodinized. Mm. We sat in Accra here, and then we chanted all our right-based slogans. Mm. Condemned the school authorities, everything. Now, when I, I went to the school personally, when I got there, I regretted going there. Mm. Yes. Because there was a history, a, a, a history which wasn't to. told in the letter. Mm. There was a history. A student, by the end of first year, had been suspended twice. Mm. You understand? And then, secondly, so the next line of punishment that could have been meted to that, that student for leading a demonstration over food, obviously was debodinization because there, there was a history of insubordination and other acts which, which, which would not be available in the letter. So from that time, I have determined that if an administrative body within the, se the sector takes a decision, I'll wait and then peruse the report and then make a proper determination on whether to, 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 to criticize it or, or, or to review it to see whether it is fair, whether it is lawful, you understand, or not. It is similar to the Ministry of Education planning to introduce a policy to make secondary education CCS. You haven't seen the policy. You haven't seen the policy, and then you go publicly, and then you criticize it because you heard the minister pronounce that the intention is to make secondary education six years pronounce it during the chance meeting in Kofoedia last year. Then you go ahead and criticize it. Is that how you do it? 
because your emotions and your community tells you that that the policy decision is knee-jerk. No. You take your time, get a copy of the policy, review it, and then on the basis of that, you can make a definitive pronouncement that, look, this thing you want to do is A, B, C, D, E. So we have requested for a copy of the, the Tonight Committee report from the Director General of Genius. I personally spoke to him. And when the report is available, we will review the report and make our formal, because we haven't issued a formal official statement yet. The initial was preliminary. We will issue a formal statement on the processes and then the outcome. Not with the view to seeking justice for the girls, because the girls will definitely, um, they will definitely um, get justice. Mm -hmm. Because we've seen a directive from the genius on the back of the president's intervention. And so the girls will definitely go back to school. But most importantly, to look at the issue of discipline beyond China. Mm -hmm. Because two years ago, it was Takrade. Mm -hmm. In between those, that period, we've seen too many cases of students using the mobile phone as a conveyor belt to misbehave. Either behave in a manner that is not consistent with the behavior of students or children, or use the same mobile phone to participate in examination or practice or examination fraud. And so there's a bigger issue of indiscipline and how the framework for curbing indiscipline is very weak and non-functional due to, among others, unnecessary interference by actors outside the school environment. Mm. So I want us to situate this issue of China within the broader issue of indiscipline. Mm. Why are the girls saying those things they are saying? Mm. Why, I won't, I won't repeat anything in that statement, but there's only one thing I can ask. Why would a girl say that we want to use the president as for ritual? Why would girls talk like that? It's because, among others, we the adults have been speaking in an unguided manner on, in the media. We speak anyhow because of politics. And the children are learning how we speak. The impunity and the lack of decorum in our speech, our public speech, is what our children are learning in the schools. The only difference is that, well, it's not even different because people are doing the same thing on, on social media. So they're also doing some on social media. So we must look at this issue holistically within the context of a deteriorating moral fabric mm. of which the mobile phone um, loose speech is a conveyor belt and see how collectively we can act to curb such uh, behavior. Other than that, to get to a point, we'll get our hands. But, but that will be broadening the, that will be, wouldn't that be we are broadening the, the net? So now, instead of just going straight to where the prop like the, the schools and de dealing with a problem we don't want to expand it to society in general when is society going to take up this reform society, before the, we begin dealing with the kids in school? society mirrors the school mirrors society mm -hmm. the school is a subset of society but, but they are put in in a closed environment boarding school for example yes and they are masters teachers supervisors yes who have the duty of helping and they are rules bad behavior yes. and they are rules yes so if they are seen flouting those rules yes there must be punishment and the punishment is meant to reform them yes so if we are waiting to reform society in general it may be too late we are not reforming society in general i mean to society to come to the realization that we've not had it right our talk our commentary on things you know have not been better so let's change so that the younger generation will learn from us, that may be too late. The school, our schools will not be different from society, because our schools are part of society. Mm -hmm. 
That is number one. Number two, if we pretend that it's impossible to be decorous on other traditional or social media, if we pretend that it's, it's, it's impossible to be responsible in speech, mm. in view of the right to speak, then we shouldn't expect anything different from our schools. Because our schools are a mirror image of society. So as adults, we should appreciate that if our students will ever learn from, our, if our children will ever learn from any group of people, it should be us. So we cannot abdicate that responsibility of being the cross ourselves. Mm. Our teachers in the schools are not magicians. Mm. You understand? They are not magicians. The extent to which we support them to mold the, 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 the children goes a long way in ensuring that they mold them into successful adults. But if we don't support the school authorities to mold them into what we want them to become by unnecessarily interfering in their administration of discipline, when your world mobile phone is seized, then you go and then intervene, interfere in the process. Then you call it inter intervening. It's interference. When that happens and continue to happen, it will be difficult for school authorities to instill discipline or to enforce disciplinary rules in the schools. And we cannot turn around and blame the schools for not molding you know, um, um, the students into responsible adults. Mm, I see. Martin, very interesting point raised. Um, the students obviously did what was wrong. Um, insulting the president, who is the number one gentleman of the land, you know, in the manner that they did it, and then, you know, put it out there. Mm -hmm. In the first place, they were not supposed to even be having mobile phones in school. Mm -hmm. They had a mobile phone, had the courage, mm -hmm. or someone would say impudence, to take the video, say those things, and then they put it out. Eventually, or subsequently, they were punished. Uh, they were dismissed. Would you say that the dismissal was problematic or it was just enough to deal with the problem that the school was trying to resolve? In the absence of any other evidence, like what uh, Kofi was saying, of prior misconduct and all that, we say that the punishment is too draconian, excessive, way over the top. So, but also in saying this, I also want to put on record I don't condone the conduct. No, mm -hmm. we don't. No, nobody does. Yes, you see it. Senior also says so. Nobody's condoning the conduct. But we're just saying that in the circumstances, dismissal is not the way to go. Okay? Because, you see, as a senior said, you're looking at the right that the child has to access education. Then he flouts a small law, and then, boom, we use a sledgehammer. So the dismissal is like using a sledgehammer to kill a fly. No, that was way disproportionate. You say, yeah, so much as we don't condone what the uh, students did, the school authorities too should have been measured. It should have been measured because, uh, you know, and as senior rightly stated, senior Chega, right? Mm -hmm. They would have created a situation where these students would have lost their opportunity to further the education, because the chances would have been very high. You know, once they are dismissed, it creates a stigma. So you think which other school once stigmatized children? So I heard somebody say, oh, they could go for private uh, registration. No, that's not the answer. You see, these are children. Even we adults cry. You see, the people, sometimes uh, when these matters come up, and then you hear the way people are very vehemently saying, yes, punish them, punish them. Then I just wish that these strong people in our society, they should have had some 
very uh, prominent places in our society where they can keep the rules. Because when I hear the way, sometimes the way people react, they want stiff punishment. I'm like, ah, why won't God make this person the uh, director of CID, make this person the IGP? Because the energy and the vim you hear from those people, we pray, because that's what we've lacked in our societies. The point I'm making is that even adults, we've not been able to manage our situation well, much less children. These are children, they are still developing. And you all know, Salam, we do juvenile justice. Mm -hmm. The way we treat children is different from adults. I'm not encouraging children to commit crime, but let's show. Under our law, if a child commits murder, once the child is under 18, the maximum sentence is three years. Robbery, all the serious offenses we have, the only one they haven't stated there is treason. But all the serious offenses, three years because a child should be given the opportunity to develop. A child should be given the opportunity to develop. They are still developing. If you look, you find judges, great judges who have said, look, what is it about 21? Age 21, that's suddenly when a child, uh, you know, Ghana, we, a lot of the time, we put 18 then for certain things, 21. So what, what, what does the 21st birthday do automatically? What does it do? No, sometimes a child can even turn 21 and still not develop well. So that's how come in some jurisdictions they take it on case by case. When the child is involved in the crime, they will evaluate the child to see the maturity and all that. So please, I'm begging. I think um, we should give the children a second chance. I know a lot of adults who were suspended in school today. They are occupying great, great positions all over. They reformed. They reformed, right? Yes, and some even were dismissed. But today, lots of adults. Mm. So sometimes I think our approach to uh, deviance. Sometimes it's a bit draconian yeah, as a society. I see. Yes. Uh, 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 Mr. Yeah. I, um, what is the disciplinary, uh, is there a code of conduct, you know, for schools? And how does that look like? What, what, what is the punishment or sanction, for example, for what the kids or these this students, you know, uh, might have done or did? What, what should be the commensurate punishment? Should it be dismissal or, you know, it should be something else? Does the code say that if you insult an elderly person or somebody of that nature, you go home forever? Is, is that what the code says? There is no secondary school rule that directly mentions that in its rule. Mm. Insult somebody and you are dismissed. Mm. It it's, not, it's, not, it's not in it. The, the, the school rules and regulations deal with um, very, no, I won't say normal behavior, behavioral issues in terms of the school as a society. So um, it's rarely contemplated that you would go to the extent of even trying to insult the president. So they, they didn't factor some of those things in, in those rules. I mean, it's, it's not foreseen. Mm. But again, it doesn't mean that it should happen. Mm. Now, insulting the president, for example, and again, um, if, if anything is to be said, I was trying to look through the, the criminal code and find out whether we have explicitly, you know, a, uh, a clause in it that's, that actually deals with that matter. It's Which been we, repealed. That's the, uh, 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 the criminal libel law, section mm. 183A. 
Yes, we repealed it, insulting the president. Yes. We repealed it 2001. The president was attorney general then. Yes. Yes, 2001. So, so then, then you see that the remits of what schools should do have actually been limited in respect to this direct mm -hmm. case. Mm -hmm. So what we have then to do is that, and again, let me not digress because I can digress on this one, but uh, going directly to the question that, that you asked, every school has been given the authority to set its rules and regulations. Mm -hmm. And again, I said that purposely to be, uh, to be focused on the fundamentals. Mm -hmm. And our fundamentals is the right of the child and actions that are in the best interest of children. On that basis, you form your rule. So you remember the Atomata case where they said they were not going to allow somebody to, uh, to come to the school, and then we complain. So um, in, in schools, you have all those things. So it is very, very restricted to it. I was hearing somebody uh, saying, I think one of the spokespersons of the GES, or some, not spokesperson, but the spokesperson of the GES. Or ministry. Yes. Okay. Saying that uh, they are planning to set up a code of conduct for schools. I don't know how it will be possible. Mm. We, can't we, we can't harmonize we can't, everything. We can't. We can't harmonize the things because we have allowed every school to go like we have, as I've said. You have rules that would focus on the rights of the child in terms of um, the child's rights and then uh, behavior. In the school, you, you have to attend classes. If you don't attend classes, this is what will happen. If you jump the school wall, this is what will happen. If you run and go to some, those kinds of things will be found in the school regulations. Mm -hmm. But normally, you won't go to the extent of actually dealing with the, the kind of case that. Yes, but, but why, if, if all the schools are run by Ghana Education Service, for example, why can't we harmonize the code of conduct? So, Ghana Education Service, I mean, consulting charts or maybe the, the schools will come out with a uniform code of conduct so that if I do something in school A, the punishment is known. If I do the same thing in school C, the punishment will also be known. That would, yeah, somehow, that somehow there are universalities in some of these rules mm -hmm. where you found, find out that some um, uh, behaviors which are very common have the mm -hmm. same punishments across board. But GES, right from the very beginning, always provided, it's only now that we have removed the power of the headmaster. Mm. We have always provided the headmaster the right to manage the school properly against the remits of the rights of a child and proper behavior. Mm. So in every school, you look at your context and situation. So and they, then, they remove that power? Yeah, headmaster. I mean, headmasters, no, they, don't, they don't manage the school. What, what, do, they, what, do, <laughs> what do headmasters do these days? Headmasters, I don't know what they do. Mm. In the past, the headmaster sits down, and you know that he's the headmaster. So who managing the school down there? Uh, oh, they are managing it from the GES headquarters. And that is where the problem is. And that is where you can now talk so, about... I mean, what you're saying is not official, right? It is, it is, it is based on how things have turned out. Very good. It's not official. It's based on how things have turned out. But the real fact is that you have the GES attempting to control all... Oh, even if it's not the GES, it's the Ministry of Education attempting to control all the, uh, the secondary schools in this country. Uh, they bring you food, whether you like it or not, in the past. I, I don't know whether the schools in the North eat TZ these days. They don't. In the past, they were eating TZ. You know, uh, I taught in Boku, so I know the kind of men who were, who were happy which were not eating in some of the other schools. Mm -hmm. So you have a situation where we, you know, somebody sitting somewhere is trying to manage 
an area that he or she does not understand. Mm. So, and, but initially, the GES made it that a headmaster was responsible for the school and will be held responsible for what happens in the school. So it was very easy to manage schools and not even attempt to presume that all schools are the same. So if I give an order here that we shouldn't do this, it affects all schools. No. That was not how the things were done. I, I see. I, uh, I'm interested in harmonizing the, the disciplinary code. Why is it difficult? Why, why, why shouldn't we be able to harmonize the code? So across the board, we know that this offense is, 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 uh, attracts this particular punishment so that we, we don't make it quite arbitrary and leave it to schools to, to, to do. Yeah, I don't think it's a problem at all. In fact, we have been long advocates of harmonizing the student disciplinary code. Mm -hmm. um, it came on the back of the Wesley Girls issue. Mm -hmm. And since then, we have been pushing for a harmonized um, code for running our schools. Um, yes, schools may have you know, peculiar you know, I mean, issues, but there must be a generic code consistent to the culture. Mm -hmm. um, the, 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 I'm talking about the governance culture and also all our, our traditional culture and all that. And so I am aware that a draft of the code was sent to schools about a year and a half ago. Headmasters had issues with some portions of the code. Mm -hmm. It appears that it made them too powerless before students. And then they, and they felt in a way that it was going to be difficult to administer discipline should the code remain in the, in the state that it was. Okay. So they made inputs, and then the code came back to the GS Council. Mm -hmm. um, so since last year, the code has been with the GS Council, since I think June or so last year. It is my expectation that, and again, that is why it's important we're having this conversation about um, China and emerging issues. Because this conversation must, must, must improve policy, <clears throat> improve practice, and also must improve the framework within which education and discipline is delivered. Because it's only when the system is improved that it will have a cascading effect on, on discipline in every senior high school and not just eight girls in a particular school. Mm. So imagine from this discussion is a school of thought that believes that dismissal should not be permitted in our school disciplinary mm. code. No mm. matter the offense? Yeah, I'm, 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 I, 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 we've been yeah, monitoring good. the discussions yeah, arising from mm. China, OK? Mm -hmm. so, so monitoring flowing from the discussions or the discourse um, on China, we are seeing one school of thought that believes that dismissal should be a no, 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 and should be part, shouldn't be part of the school's disciplinary code. Currently, it is part, mm. OK? So if we really want to agree that no student should be dismissed in our schools, no matter what happens, whether they involve themselves in crime or not. Then we must escalate that discussion beyond the level of China, okay, and build a national consensus so that it, must, but, but, so that but, it finds expression in the code that eventually will be sanctioned mm. by the Genius Council. Yeah, but why not? Why, why shouldn't dismissal, dismissal exist? I haven't made an, I haven't um, expressed an opinion on it. Mm. I, don't, I don't think this forum is a forum to explain whether dismissal is good or not. <laughs> that. that would be another one week of discussion. But what I'm saying is that mm. we see a, a modicum of, you know, of, of, of ideas mm. tilting towards the angle where Ghanaians some Ghanaians believe that dismissals or the dismissal as 
a sanction mm -hmm. should not exist in our schools disciplinary code. Mm. I see. That, that. People's problem with China is, among others, the fact that you can't dismiss a student because the student has a right to education, and dismissing the student can, can truncate their right mm. to education. Mm -hmm. yeah. And also... That, which, which is true, yes. because if they are not able mm. to afford private education, mm. then they may drop out. Mm -hmm. Okay? Even, even deburdenization yeah. can truncate someone's right to education because yeah. if you deburdenize a student in China, mm. we, we've discussed, we, we've discussed deburdenization, deburdenization with authorities in China, mm. And how impossible it is because it is in the middle of nowhere. Mm -hmm. There is nowhere, there is no private place you can go and rent and continue your school in China, in the Katsandan and Canada, that part. Mm -hmm. So the modernization is not even an option. We had that discussion. So, so, so when that, school, that school doesn't have these students, is that it? No, that student might be indigenous, mm -hmm. okay, but indigenous who live around, you understand. Mm -hmm. But if you are, if, if you attend my school, Benkum Senior High School, mm -hmm. and you are demodernized, Benkum from Benkum to Mafin, it's about six, seven, or ten kilometers. Mm -hmm. It's not a, an easy journey, depending on where you are living. So some schools are located in areas where, if you are a day student, it becomes very, very difficult, mm -hmm. and economics might end up making you drop out. So we must have a discussion on whether we think deburdenization has the potential of truncating one's right to education. And also, the extent to which dismissal is, is relevant on our disciplinary codes or on our books in schools. I think that is another important dimension because this will fit into the work that the GS Council is doing to validate and approve a new code for our schools. Mm -hmm. but, uh, let me just uh, add a little bit to okay. this point. Now, on dismissal, just as Kofi said, we still have dismissal on our code, mm -hmm. but we've made it impossible, and not impossible, it's very difficult for you to dismiss. Mm -hmm. Now, the whole context of being dismissed from school is so laborious that nobody wants to try it. And it will take time. So the way the school, the headmaster's attempt to dismiss is use the word indefinite suspension. So the indefinite suspension, well then you are, you are indefinitely suspended. And then somebody's waiting for the other decision that allows you uh, to. But it's, it's, it's an interesting matter that we can really look at. But then we come to the uh, harmonization thing a little bit, then we can continue. You see, if you know the types of schools we have in Ghana, if you have a harmonized, I mean, I like harmonization. If you have a harmonized code, mm -hmm. I don't know how you would deal with the issues of religion. Mm. A Muslim attends um, St. Augustine's. Mm. Uh, no, let's say, uh, where did the boy fall from the upstairs and die? Adisco. Who got kicked? So a Muslim attends Adisco, and it's time for church service. And the, the guy is doing hanky-panky things, he's dodging, and the master is coming because he has not gone to church. The master is coming and he jumps and he falls and he dies. Now, how will you deal with that, that, that one? The should the Muslim, schools, yes, so should the Muslim go to a, uh, a, a church. Christian church? You know, so again, if you look at some of those things, I, 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 I think that if you left it to the heads of institutions, to be able to deal with some of the peculiarities of no, their why, why should it be difficult from the center to have a policy on that? If but you are a Muslim attending uh -huh. a Christian school, this is what should be or should happen. 
especially if that Christian school is funded by public money. No, but harmonization shouldn't, shouldn't be seen as a function of the center. We shouldn't see harmonization as an initiative or a function or a product of the center. No, no the, the, the center will you can still harmonize everybody together and, if you and appreciate. That document. Yes, you can. You can still harmonize if the harmonization is fed mm. with inputs from the periphery, from I, the schools. I, I see. For well, example, this, this this code. Yes. The peace council had been worked. It was actually referred to the peace council mm -hmm. after Wesley girls. Yes. You remember? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so there's a matter the, like that also the, before the, the Supreme exactly. Court. Exactly. So yes, I am aware that the Supreme Court. There's, there's a matter before the Supreme Court like that, yeah. but it, it hasn't been heard yet. Okay. Yeah. So I am aware that that peace council platform alone is a multi-stakeholder multi-ethnic, multi-religious platform mm -hmm. where all these various opinions that cut across, you know, um, religion and, you know, converge. And mm -hmm. so if we, if all those processes ha have been explored, I'm sure that what may emerge should be a harmonized document that takes into cognizance mm -hmm. all interests. And it's acceptable. Like, like the criminal law. Okay. Yeah. Very well. So, so um, this is still a big issue. Um, a few of your messages have been coming in. Evans in Tema kind of shares a view Kofi has been sharing on the on the content of the video. Hello, City. The girls did not only insult the president, but said they will use his head for money rituals. That, what does that tell you? Uh, what have we been discussing on the media space or in the media space in the last few years? Uh, there are worse videos of market women and men in uniform, including soldiers and policemen, insulting the president, just that those have been gone viral. There are people in the Sawan prison because they received viral Western Togoland content on WhatsApp. There's a lot we can deduce from that video, and let's do a better analysis on the topic you say. Um, so we will take a short break. We will return and now look at the intervention of the president. Was that really an intervention or interference in the work of the uh, education managers? And also, uh, mobile phone policy. Must we really look at that in the face of you know, growing technology. We'll be right back. Yes, you're welcome back to uh, the big issue. Uh, your comments um, are welcome via our WhatsApp line 020 444 Your views will be aired um, as and when they come in. A few of them have been coming in already. Uh, so, yes, we're looking at the China, uh, the case of the China students. Eight of them were dismissed for insulting the president and saying a few other things against uh, the number one gentleman on the land. GES, uh, together with the school authorities, stepped in and dismissed them. GES eventually or subsequently uh, apologized to the president and all of that. Now, the president himself, the subject of the insult, is stepped in to intervene. And he said to the school, of course, to the ministry to work with the GES to find alternative uh, punishment or sanctions for these young girls. Many have said that that call is welcome. Others have said otherwise. We'll look at that, and indeed that's what we're looking at. Mr. Um, so the yeah. punishment obviously harsh, mm -hmm. but the president intervened. Does that put you at rest? Yes, the, um, the, uh, in fact, I knew the president would intervene. Mm. Um, I knew the president would intervene, largely on account of the fact that he had intervened in a similar matter before. Mm. So there's no way he was going to allow this to be another uh, albatross hanging around his neck. The second thing is that we were dealing with a situation that was not even codified mm. in any law. Mm -hmm. you know. And the president is a human, human rights lawyer. 
Mm -hmm. So I believe that there were certain things about um, human rights that informed the decision. And especially mm -hmm. because um, one presenter of a radio station said, oh, the president was not even aware of this discussion and his attention was drawn to it. Mm -hmm. Then he said, look, forget about it. And then let the girls go back to school. Find another punishment for them and let the girls go back to you. So it only tells us that we, we were doing something, quote unquote, as if we were trying to please the president. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that, you know, so that, so that we are where we are because of his mercy. Mm -hmm. You know, so we didn't give a lot of thought to the process. Mm -hmm. We should have taken time. And I always say that, look, some of these things can happen at the background where we can even go to the president. Mm -hmm. And even if he hasn't seen it, we will even go and tell him that, look, or even to the chief of staff mm -hmm. and say, look, this is what has happened. Mm -hmm. We are very, very sorry for it, and blah, 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 blah. But we are taking care of the girls in this matter. And it ends. You see, so we are too much in a hurry to put certain things that we have to do, you know, um, for the children in, in the public domain. Mm -hmm. Just so that, we, I don't know what it was, what it was, whether to get sympathy or to get the public to say, oh, yes, you have done very well. These girls insulted the president, and you have to, when you insult the president, you are, our culture doesn't allow. No. So for me, I was very happy, very, very happy. And I just said that, look, I was not going to talk about this matter anymore unless it has a more constructive dimension to it mm -hmm. so that we can go on. Because the president has finished the matter. Mm -hmm. He is the person in the fact, I even asked the question, did the president ask the GES to sack the girl? Because he is no. the matter, he is the person who was directly in offense in times of... But, but he, he couldn't have asked them to sack the girl. That is the point. Mm -hmm. So if he, who was even insulted, and quote-unquote what Kofi said, was going to happen, and says that, forget about the girls. Why? I mean, why, why do you want to talk about it again? You mm -hmm. don't have any locus to even discuss a matter that has been thrown to the bush by the person who is the direct offender. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, so so the, the president the president has asked them to relook at Yes. Is that to say that the hands of the managers of the schools have been tied now, so they necessarily must find a punishment that is lower the than the one they... The schools were not tied. The schools were looking at that, I won't call it a misdemeanor, that offense mm. from a different angle apart from dismissal. Mm. Because as I said, the dismissal process was a bit entangled. Mm. And schools, the headmaster of the school would definitely have done something about it, especially in connection with the fact that it involved a mobile phone. So we have all of those dimensions, and we really jumped the gun by attempting to, to do something if the president will. I, I see. Martin, um, the Ghana Education Service says that they have referred the matter to, back to the uh, disciplinary committee of the school because it was a decision of the disciplinary committee. Can the disciplinary committee come back and say that we've looked at the matter again, 360 degrees, but we think that the punishment we meted out to the girls was appropriate, given everything. Can they say that irrespective of the intervention of the president? So theoretically, as a theoretical answer, yes. But practically, once the president is speaking, the number one gentleman, I, I think they would factor that into their considerations. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they would factor it in. Because then that would, uh, I'm just imagining, wow, that would create a, a big problem, right? Yeah, it, it would be such an embarrassment, apart from affecting the rights of the girls, it will be such an embarrassment to the whole country. So I, I, I think that 
largely that should have happened because mm -hmm. he said it and we all support that at least let the girls get the education punish them in a way that will help them to reform and at the same time be able to get the education but, but, but do we need a president to be intervening or stepping into situations like like uh, mr Hadujaga said this is not the first time he did a similar one mm -hmm. and so he he knew that it was going to happen mm -hmm. must the president be intervening in 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 matters like this where there's a ministry there's gs there's a school authority you know must the president be intervening in in these matters or is it a case that the people put there to manage those situations are doing such a bad job that the president himself will have to descend from where he is to be micromanaging these tiny, tiny situations. You see, sometimes we all get it wrong. Sometimes, because I, I, as I said, I can't just imagine how this thing came through the whole system, and yet it came out publicly. So it's all it happens. We just look at it and say that sometimes we all get it wrong. But the mm. president has been getting it wrong. You see, mm. you look at it. the president who has thousands of advisors. You know Jubilee House alone, there are 995, right? Mm -hmm. Presidential staffers, well, of, of course, right? Ministers who advise him. This is, you see now we have the uh, domestic debt exchange on our hands. It's a problem. When uh, we complained about Furiata, Saku Furiata, he's defied all of us. He's keeping you know, Furiata in things that when it comes to common sense, we all think the president has got it wrong. So it just tells you that there is something wrong in our society. And so we should, by all means, continue talking because we need to reform. Mm. And we need to run, we need to develop very fast. So for me, yes, the fact that he's in, in, intervened and the fact that uh, Senior Chaga is brought out that there was an earlier one he did and the rest, it should be an indication to the managers of the schools and the Ghana Education Service that they should sit up. They should sit up. It's yeah, embarrassing. I, I see. Very embarrassing. So Kofi, the, the intervention of the president, you obviously think is, is quite problematic. What, 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 why do you think that the president perhaps shouldn't have intervened or his intervention shouldn't have been in this manner? I, I sympathize with the president, unfortunately, because he happened to be at the center of this. But the fact is that the offense is not insulting the president. That is mm. not the offense that was considered at the school level. Mm. If you engage in a conduct that brings dispute to the school, okay, you are sanctioned for offensive conduct. You have offended the school, brought the name of the school into dispute. So you are not being punished because you insulted the president. Mm. But the media especially carried the story, eight girls dismissed for, for, for insulting the president. president. But the okay. reality is that it is not an offense and it was, it, it's not even an offense at the genius level. Mm -hmm. It was about conduct, offensive conduct that brings the... Mm -hmm. the so that's his common meaning. You see, this uh -huh. offensive conduct, like, it's too technical. Mm -hmm. Simply, it's the president they insulted. So that everybody understands. <laughs> no, no, no. The okay. So, so when, when, you, when, when, when you say it that way, yes. then you compare the president uh -huh. to interfere. No, it's, it's, it had to be that. Not intervene. It had to be that. Okay, so I'm coming. So I would have wished that we didn't capture it that way mm. so that we don't compel the president to interfere. Every president will not be happy that because of me, the mm. people will think that I actually it's sanctioned communication, it. effective communication. You, you, you understand? It has to be so, 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 so I, I think that. Yes. It was unfortunate that he inter <laughs> intervened because um, it's not necessary for him to interfere mm -hmm. in the administration of um, 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 discipline in senior high schools. It's becoming one too many. And you call this interference? Yes, this intervention amounts to interference. 
Okay. Even when he when he thinks that the punishment given the girls I'll show you why. was not commensurate with the offense, I'll show you okay. why. So every president would have intervened because their name is attached to the whole thing. I understand that. Yeah. But there could have there could have been a better way of inter intervening without interfering. For instance, the president could have just spoken to the genius council, which is the apex body that the genius director general works directly towards. The GS Council could have intervened because mm. the president, by extension, constitutes the GS Council. That's the oversight body. Yeah, but there's political capital to be made mm. out of yeah, this. Yeah. That's why interference comes in, no intervention. Mm. So immediately the politics of it come in, then it's an interference. And our challenge is that the interference of politicians and influential people in society in the disciplinary processes of our senior high schools is one of the key reasons why our schools are fast becoming a den of indiscipline. Talk to the headmasters. Talk to the headmasters. And I told you, I started, I started by giving an example of me, myself, mm. trying to interfere mm. in the disciplinary process mm. of a school in Asante region. Didn't I say it? Yes. Yeah. Why did I go there? You understand? When we continue to interfere, in the administration of discipline in senior high schools, it will get to a point where the people we have paid hide to administer discipline will give up. Oh, no, no. The, the, it will lead to laxity mm. on the part of teachers and school managers in exerting discipline. And it will also, most importantly, lead to a level of impunity that we are all not desirable of. When Uncle Charles was making his observation, he started from the Takradi issue mm. when a student insulted the president and the president pardoned him. Mm. I don't see it from the angle of insulting the president. I don't, I don't want to see it that way. You understand? Because I think that the president doesn't care much about Kofi Mensa insulting him. He cares much about the, people, the children of Ghana. Mm -hmm. I mean, speaking this way to, to elderly people. Mm. You understand? So it's not about the president being insulted. But I am much more concerned about what the implication of the president and other outside, outsiders in, from the school environment, intervention in schools, mm -hmm. discipline processes, what it means for the administration of discipline. Talk to the headmasters. They will tell you that it is our inter interferences that is making it very, very difficult for them to administer discipline. If you go to senior high schools today, mm -hmm. it is difficult. If you, even if you went with a microscope, I'm, I'm telling you, it will be difficult for you to find a, a student who hasn't got a mobile phone. Mm -hmm. Supposed to be banned. Teachers seize these phones, and then it becomes a tussle between teachers and students. Sometimes it turns into a fight. When you suspend these students, influential people from the district up to the national will intervene. That is an interference. And if we don't stop that culture, and if we don't grant that reasonable level of autonomy, reasonable, mm -hmm. to the institutions expected to administer discipline and academics in our schools, it will be difficult for you to go and demand accountability from them. We must intervene when it is clear that in their administration of discipline, they are breaching the law or they are also not making sense in terms of they are breaching equity and the law. Okay, then we intervene. But if we have to intervene in a manner that we are giving directions, 
you know, pardons, pardons, pardons. It's, it's also a, point a good signal to school managers next but, time. Yes, but but, let, so let, but it, happened, it, happened in, it happened in 2020. Let's happened? just take a few seconds. Nah, so the they will be learning. Food. No, what happened in 2020? Yes. Someone again insulted the president because the first guy was pardoned. Mm. Oh. Well, yes. Uh, just a few seconds on this. The, yeah. the, what's the current policy of the school on mobile phones? It's banned. Yes, it's banned. And it's been banned it, for about 10 years. Yes. And, and should you continue banning it, given that in this day and age, students need technology and things to, 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 to study? Well, again, um, that is what I call the hypocritical situation we have in terms of how we are treating the issue of ICT in education. Mm. Now, we are like, uh, we are like the vulture who says, <laughs> I'll build a house every day and never builds. Mm -hmm. You know, we are talking about ICT, but we are not talking devices. Mm. So now it's, it's a very fine opportunity now because we have shifted the thing to looking at the, as Kofi said it, the convenient belt of the real problem, which is our, our mobile devices. For government to now realize that you can never, and it is not about having computer labs. It's about putting devices into people's hands and managing that process. Mm. Other than that, you cannot manage, you cannot manage your ICT program. Of course, it can, it, it can happen, but I mean, it becomes very, very difficult to really manage this situation when it comes to uh, the secondary schools. Yes, a, a quick one, Martin. Uh, should we continue having this ban in place for mobile phones, or you think something must be liberalized quickly? Yeah. So, Destin, I think that um, we need to discuss it further mm. because, on one hand, we need them to be able to use the devices to be able to learn. But then the question of abuse. So I'm thinking, could you work in the sector more? Is it possible that, okay, you come with your device, like the way those days we had the chemistry lab, the, like the labs and the rest. Maybe there are times that you use, then you return it. So it's not like it's in the dormitory, so there are midnight, unfettered but access they, they, they and all that. not bring it at all. So let, let, let Kofi answer that question. Uh, yeah, quickly. because we can is, do that, middle that, of the road. Because even in China, let me quickly add this. In China, where technology is always, and they've banned children, it's not every time you have access to games and the rest. And it's working, so we can do it. Right, okay. I, think the okay. Okay. I think the solution is that we can ban the use of mobile gadgets on campuses. As it is now. As it is. I mean, we, I think we can ban it. If you want to ban it, we can ban it. Yeah. And we can ban it by giving them devices right. that are configured okay. and limited to only specific websites. Mm -hmm. okay. In that case, that device connects to only the school's Wi-Fi, which mm -hmm. has restrictions on them. Okay. I've had discussions about that in the last two years. I don't know the extent to which our current economic situation will permit that, but I've had discussions that the ministry was planning to give guidance to schools. But, but, but even if you did that, mm -hmm. you still will have to find a way of banning yes. the, mobile phone. the mobile phone. Because if you give tablets to students, they, they can bring extra gadgets in. You, you haven't, so you haven't okay. taken the mobile phone from them. There. When okay. that one is there, they, they are caught with this go. ones, then we'll know what to do. Ah, but you haven't been able to arrest this one first. Arrest the mobile phone oh, first. Oh, no, when you put that in there, there's a less incentive for them to continue with these devices. We have mobile yes. phone devices mm -hmm. of different shapes. Mm -hmm. That come into the schools. Yes. Okay. okay. Very well. So, so we have to go. Uh, so this is how we conclude today's edition of the program. Very interesting social discussion, and uh, which we think must continue. Discipline in schools very, very important. Uh, thank you so much uh, for doing the listening and viewing. My guest, oh, uh, Kofi Asari, Executive Director, Africa Education Watch. Charles Ahayetu Chega, former Director General GES, uh, Martin Pebu, private legal practitioner. Uh, thank you so much, guys, for, for, for making time for us this afternoon. Uh, so this is how we, we conclude this uh, day's edition of the program.
My name is Salom Adunu. Uh, we'll see you some other time uh, next week. Um, keep watching City TV and keep listening to City FM. Thank <music> you.